Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the movie episode. It's the movie. We've made it. We made it. It's the Welcome. movie episode. You've made it. Everyone. Or you skipped the other ones, which is honestly fine. Yeah, that's fine too. You know, whatever. You don't need to know shit. <laughs> you probably already know everything anyway. Yeah. Most of you were probably alive, at least for this one. Yeah. Not for the others. If you were alive in 1961. And you're listening to our podcast. Hey. Welcome. Thank you. Tell your grandkids about us. <laughs> or your kids. I don't know. I don't know how old that makes you. I mean, I guess you could have grandkids. Yeah, I mean, both of my parents were alive in 61 and they don't have grandkids. Yeah, my mom. But they could. Would have been one. It's just me. Yeah. Slacking. <laughs> Get to it. Anyway, it's the movie Actually, episode. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, speaking of <laughs> in that vein, it just reminded me that uh, Business Goose was like, when we have kids, they're going to be like, why did you wait so long to have us? Yeah. And he was like, and you're just going to be like, well, because your dad was dicking around <laughs> in Nashville or whatever he was doing, yeah. going to college or whatever, taking his sweet ass time to move up here and find me. Trying to buy like, a toilet instead of an engagement ring. <laughs> I just mean in the years before that. Oh, yes. yeah. Right, 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 right. Where were you? We're just waiting for the right time. This jacket could be halfway done. <laughs> it's 3 a.m. and you're a dry cleaner. <laughs> so anyway. It's the movie episode. In the movie episode, we pick a movie that came out in the year 2000 or before, was made for children, and we try and remember what happened. And then we go watch it, and then we come tell you what actually happened, and share some interesting trivia about it along the way. We sure do. I have a question for you, Bucket Snake. Ask me, me Wedge. Have you ever had to call an exterminator? Um, not personally. Oh. But, sort of. Okay. So I don't, it's not really like a fun story, but, um, it never is. I know when I was young and poor and I lived in a pretty, you know, cheap rundown apartment Mm -hmm. in a cheap rundown part of town, Mm -hmm. we got bed bugs and this was probably 14 or 15 years ago. Yeah. And at the time, for some reason they thought that bed bugs were extinct in the U.S. Weird. Because they hadn't been around. Okay. And That's a good reason, I guess, to think that. So, yeah. I haven't seen one. Therefore, right. they're all gone. I mean, I think they had eradicated them to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, But that meant that when we went to the apartment people, and we were like, hey, there are bugs, but we don't know what they are because mm-hmm. we've never seen these. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, okay, we'll call an exterminator. And an exterminator came. But he didn't know what to do about them. Oh. Because, I mean, you couldn't... Now you can go to the store and you can buy spray for your house for bed bugs. You yeah. can, you know, find... That didn't exist then for some reason. Goodness. It was very strange. It is strange. And so 
A, they blamed us for them being there. And B, they kept only treating our apartment and not all of the ones around us. Right. And so they just never went away. Yeah, they just moved. Yeah, I mean, they, they would came like, back. yeah, go next door and then come back. Yeah. Um. So we, we just ended up throwing away all of our stuff, mm-hmm. which was great when you're, you know, don't you have a lot of money. dollars, right? Yeah. Uh, and then moved to new apartments. Yeah. And that was, they were gone after that. You know, it's fine. Yeah. But, I mean, you left them behind. Yeah, it was rough. That is rough. It was very stressful. And there is a chance, you know, that it could have been our fault because my roommate and I worked at Plato's Closet at the time. Oh, true. Yeah. And so, you know, it could have come from us, but... But it's still, it's not your job to get rid of them. Right. They still should have treated everything around. Yeah. Because I'm sure our neighbors had them too. Right. But we lived in an apartment complex where not a lot of people spoke English. Mm-hmm. And so I think they probably just weren't saying anything. Yeah. Because they weren't comfortable. Right. Um... But anyway, that's my one, like, true experience with an exterminator. Yeah. And it was not fun. No. I had to put all of my clothes through a very hot dryer several times. Man, bedbugs, not to go off on a tangent, but it's my podcast, are so resilient. Mm-hmm. Like, they can survive, like, really extreme things. Yeah. And they're really hard to get rid of. But they also don't carry disease. So they have one positive. Yeah. You're not going to get sick from them. No, just itchy. But it, it just gross. it makes you feel gross. Yeah. You know? And like when you're already poor. Right. Like, cool. Now I live with bugs. Yeah. Nice. Spectacular. Yeah. And I have to get rid of all my stuff. Yeah. Fortunately, I work at the used clothing store. Right. So that'll help, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Not the bug free clothing store, though. Yeah, I guess not. Anyway, that's Else my rough. story. What about yeah. you? Um, yeah, I have. Well, one time I lived in a house that had mice, but we were all like, you know what? That's fine. Because they didn't bother us. The worst thing that they did was they would poop in the silverware drawer. So we just all washed our silverware before we used it and everything was fine. Why is it always the silverware drawer? I don't know. Shiny. It really was always like that. Anytime I've ever had experiences with mice. Yeah, we did. And we had like a pantry where we had, you know, the bags of dog food Mm -hmm. sitting on the floor of the pantry and i've never once found like a hole chewed in it or anything and i was like why are you pooping in my silverware drawer (laughs) what are you guys doing in there like i let you live here you can even have some of the it was very strange but so we just were like well we're not dealing with that because we don't want to kill them right now but it was also the middle of winter and we're like if we catch them and let them outside they might as well be dead yeah so cold so we're just like you know what no harm no foul if once they start fucking things up then they gotta go but they never did yeah except for pooping on the forks i don't know <laughs> you could have just moved pay. the silverware i guess maybe so, i wonder if they would have found it yeah <laughs> but it's like somewhere else. was it was the allure like the location of the drawer or the maybe silverware it was the itself? top drawer it's like seems like the hardest one to get to yeah i don't know but my one roommate one time she was like i walked in the kitchen and there was a mouse on the stove <laughs> And we made eye contact and then it just kept staring at me as I walked across the stove and then climbed down into one of the burners, but just like stared me <laughs> down the whole way. She was like, I just stood there and watched it. God, I, that reminds me of the time when you and I uh, were roommates and your cat caught a mouse mm-hmm. in our living room and I got it away from him because I was like, don't hurt it. I know. I always try to grab him and <laughs> stick him outside and be like, drop that mouse. But of course, he always drops it halfway to the door. Yeah. And I'm like, God, now it's in my house. <laughs> and he's mad at me. But he's pretty good at catching them. But yeah, he doesn't like most cats. He doesn't kill them. Yeah, he just plays with them. Tortures them to death. But so the house that I live in now, I did have to call an exterminator because we had cockroaches, which talk about making just making you feel gross. Yeah. But pff, I almost would prefer the bugs because this dude it was just me in the house 
he came over and he was like, yeah, I, you know, he was telling him everything was fine. He was just like, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. We'll probably have to come back in like two weeks or whatever. But normally there's a, a this much fee for coming back, but I'll just waive it this time. And I was like, oh, I mean, that's super nice of you. I don't know why you would do that. But you, you ain't gotta. Yeah. I was just like, okay. I was like, who do I tell talk to you know to say that you said that it, i don't know who, and he was like oh i own it you know i own yeah. the company so just let him know that i said that it would be fine and i was like okay and he's like you got a cool style about you you got this like you know whatever 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 i don't remember exactly what he rolling said rolling my eyes yeah which i was like thank you you know it's like eight in the morning <laughs> I'm like you're here to whatever, get man. cockroaches out of my house kill the bugs in my yeah. house and go and then he like put his arm out which i thought he was going to shake my hand and so i put I was like, oh, okay. And he pulled me into this like one-armed hug, which I was like, ugh. And then he kissed me on the cheek. And I was like, what the fuck? So I was just like, okay. But it was just, again, just me alone yeah. in the home. So I was just like, okay, great. So I did not call them back. No, absolutely not. And I also didn't pay them. <laughs> Good. <laughs> they kept sending me a bill and I just kept throwing it away. I was like, I'm not paying for this. No. You know, I, I remember that. Yeah. I was like this. I I meant to write like a, I didn't write a review because I was like, I might have to call them back. And he did say it was free. I'll just make sure that somebody else will be here. No, actually up. I did. Well, just that I wasn't alone in the house. Oh yeah. I did call them back because my mom came over and sat with me for six hours because they were like, we'll be here in between this time and this time. Oh, yeah. And she came and sat in my house with me for six hours and they never showed up and they never called me to be like, sorry, we're not coming. So that's when I was like, I'm definitely not paying them. So what I just never did. The fuck? Yeah. So anyway. Man, fuck that. Don't be a creep. Just come kill the bugs, man. Yeah. Just do your job. That's so weird. It was Why? weird. Who? It... Ugh yeah <laughs> yep what was your thought process on that my man i don't know gross anyway why do you ask <laughs> sorry i'm so upset it's okay because we're talking about a much more adorable infestation in this movie with the borrowers Woo! which it sounds like you don't know i haven't seen it. anything about it yeah okay is that a real doll story yes a what oh i thought you said a real doll story oh it's <laughs> like no (laughs) (laughs) although that does make me think maybe we should cover lars and the real doll at some point as a bonus movie yeah i have i didn't like it though oh well then maybe not anyway not the point this is not a real doll story (laughs) um it is based on a book i don't know if it's rolled doll is there anything huge in it because if not then it's probably not rolled doll no it's just tiny okay so it's probably not him yeah that's true he likes big things (laughs) yeah have you seen that meme that's like him talking to the publishers yeah <laughs> got it's a like story all right about a peach so got a giant alligator we got a giant grandma all right what's your next story okay so there's this peach <laughs> is it's it big fucking huge <laughs> <laughs> yep it's true he also wrote a story about giants true must be his favorite thing anyway yeah i don't know anything about it i know that john goodman is in it yes that's it okay it's brown <laughs> the cover i don't know <laughs> I feel like I've seen the cover and it's like... <laughs> the movie's just kind of vaguely brown. You well, know how Twilight's kind of green? Some movies are. The Borrowers is brown. Actually, yeah. it is kind of brown. Like Not that I think about it. Yeah, Tall Tale was like blue. Yeah. This movie is kind of brown. So, See? This is how my brain works. <laughs> it's about a family of tiny little people mm-hmm. who live inside of these people's house they live in the walls and right. they take things to make furniture out of that's why they're called the borrowers you do know do they return it 
new. So they're they're more like the fevers. Fevers. <laughs> I mean, it's still in the house. That's true. So it's repurpose. They're repurposers. <laughs> Doesn't sound as good as the bar. No, you're right. Yeah. So they they live inside the walls and they just have you know like their stools or little spools of thread. You yeah, know, that's and things cute. Like that. And yeah. They make things. They patch them together and make their own little tools and things like that. I don't know any of the lore. Are there tiny families in everybody's home? Hmm. That's why your stuff goes missing. Yeah. Like, maybe. Are they the only tiny family? How did they get tiny? Were they born that way? I don't know. I don't know yeah. any of that. I don't know if it's even explained. I have a story. Okay. Do you want to tell it right now or yes. later? Okay. Tell <laughs> Because it, it relates to borrowing. Okay. And also exterminating. Oh, okay. And it just feels like it fits right here. It does. So I used to live in this house with some people. And they had a rat problem, Mm. like a rat problem, not a mouse problem. And these rats were very brave. Yeah. Like they would just be in the laundry room. Yeah. Rats don't give a fuck. No. You'd just be like, hey. And they'd be like, (laughs) you know, like I'm with a dryer. I'd like to put my clothes in there. Yeah. Right. Like just brave. And so they found a hole in the wall that they (laughs) patched up with like, um, a bunch of fucking aluminum cans that they had like flattened and then they like patched the hole with it. Oh, the people did. Yes, not, yes, the, not rats. the rats. No, <laughs> the humans. So they thought that they had fixed the problem or whatever. But then they moved out and some other people that we knew moved in. They like purchased the house and mm-hmm. bought it and that had the rat problem again. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we're adults, so we're going to call an exterminator. Right. About this one. We're not going to make a wall. Yeah, out of caps of blue ribbon cans. <laughs> yeah. So the exterminator came and found that they were coming in through the dryer vent mm-hmm. into the dryer mm-hmm. and had built a nest out of socks. Oh my god! So when their socks went missing at this house, they really were stolen. Yeah, it wasn't just like, damn, I misplaced a sock again. It was like a rat built a house with it. A rat stole it. <laughs> is using it as a duvet. <laughs> so goofy that's wild i know so anyway maybe they were borrowers maybe this is a borrowers are the alternative version of rats yeah like we have rats but it's way cuter if it's a tiny little man (laughs) i just like to imagine yeah maybe it's a little people (laughs) (laughs) maybe so so john goodman is the bad guy in this movie he's a really obnoxious dude oh he's like is he a full-size dude yes oh big man Oh, it'd be so cute if he was tiny. Yeah, he's crazy. He's got like a tiny little, he's got like a pencil thin mustache. Oh. His name is Oshis P. Potter. <laughs> he's he's just like awful. I think he's trying to tear their house down. You know, classic. Like we've run into a thousand times. Yeah. He's trying to tear their house down. But the I, I don't remember where he comes in. He maybe is the one who finds out. He's like, you've got some sort of problem here. Yeah. I don't quite remember. He calls an exterminator. And then Christopher Walken shows up. <laughs> it's the guy who played Arthur Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Okay, yeah. He has... Is this a British movie? No. Oh. But Hugh Laurie's also in it. Huh. The... This is not going in any sort of, like, coherent timeline. These are just the things I remember. Yeah, that's how Tom this part Tom in it, too. He... Oh, weird. Maybe it is British. He has a big bloodhound that he's like, don't eat too much cheese because it makes you fart a lot. And then the dog gets into a lot of cheese and he's like, oh, great. <laughs> that happens at one point. Um, at some point, John Goodman's face gets stuck in this like foam that the exterminator is using. Mm. That like 
it starts out foamy and then it hardens really fast. Yeah. But it gets stuck to his face and he like it takes his like little mustache off with it oh. and his face is like all red. Because Hugh Laurie plays a cop who doesn't like this guy. Yeah. And he just is like, Good luck with the face. <laughs> I just remember that. And then Tom Felton is he's the little boy in the borrower family. Yeah. He's like six. He's so tiny in this Aww. movie. But also, did you ever see Arietti? No. Okay. It's the same story because the little oh, okay. girl in the borrower family, her name is Arietti. The secret world of Arietti. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same. That's She's just a, a tiny name. little. I know. I like it. Um, I don't know who plays anybody in the big family that lives yeah. in the house. I have no idea. The only other thing that I remember is at one point, the borrowers get stuck in the ice dispenser on the fridge door. And they're like, it's like really scary for them. Yeah. And they're like trying to, they're like, we're going to fall into this man's glass and he's going to know oh. that we're here. You yeah. know, like, what do we do? So they have a shovel that they've like made out of, you know, toothpicks and this and that and the other. And they like use it to like hold all the ice. Yeah. Or maybe they're going to get crushed. I don't know. Something. They're like, we can't let the ice fall down yeah. for one reason or another. So yeah. they like use it to hold up all the ice until he like gives up and then he walks away and then they like get safely out of the situation. Right. And then all the ice comes falling out along with their like tiny little shovel. And he picks oh. it up and he's like, what the hell is that? Like, it's clearly a tool, but it's like yeah, so this small. little broken yeah, made out of other things. And he's just like, what? That's so funny. Those are all the things I remember. Old brothers. Um, <laughs> I think there's a Hanson song oh. in it. Cool. That's all I got. It, it feels like one of the, I do remember seeing it and I remember watching it again, maybe in my 20s. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be one of those that I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, so yeah. many things that come back to me. But other than that, that's all I got. And I could be wrong about most of those things. Yeah, sure. Could be. <laughs> I've been wrong before. Not usually, though. You usually remember stuff. Yeah. I'm the one that's usually like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that definitely <laughs> happened. Mm, I remember it clearly. For sure. Then we watch it and it's like, that's a different movie entirely. Nope. <laughs> Except None for True Romance. Yeah. I got that one. Yep. Uh, Willy Wonka. Yeah. That sounds cool. That sounds fun. What was it with the 90s and tiny things? I don't know. Because like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, mouse Hunt also came out this year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was a normal sized mouse. Yeah, but it's about his tiny life. <laughs> <laughs> VH1, my tiny life. <laughs> There's all my little stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm excited. Me too. I hope it's good. I think it has the potential to be good, but it also has the potential to be very bad. Yeah, it could go either way. Uh, just hopefully it's not mediocre. Yeah. It's more fun when it's like really good or really bad. Yeah, like commit. Yeah, pick a side. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> All Let's right. go fucking watch it. Let's do it right now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
That was a fucking dusty movie. <laughs> it is dusty. It's so It just feels like there's a layer of dust on everything, mm-hmm. including the camera lens. Yeah. I think part of it is just because it was 90s. Yeah. And I think they're trying to make it look old. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I don't know. But like, it did. Yeah. It did just look. It's kinda... not even like the soft like soft focus like you see in some things like it's truly like dusty just dusty i mean they do live in the walls no i know but it's just the the general vibe of the movie yeah i agree and not like in casper where it was like right intentionally dusty what was the dust budget right It's just like the overall, I don't know, everybody's dusty. Overall vibe, yeah, just a little dusty. No crispness in this movie. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-hmm. You're right. And it had a, like a super limited palette. Everything is kind yeah. of like green and brown and orange and mm-hmm. white. Yep. Some variation of I that. I know. It's weird because it's made in the 90s. It has very 90s themes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set in the 50s. It's intentionally very ambiguous as to like when it's set and also where they're like is it america is it britain nobody knows nobody had to learn a new accent no (laughs) because the the people who play joe and victoria lender the parents yeah the big people parents yeah are british Uh but they were like well peter pete bradley pierce is american so we'll do american accents so that he has an american family so yeah like it was just ambiguous Mm -hmm. because the color palette is like very 70s right so it's just like yeah but then they have all these like older cars but then he has a cell phone oh yeah he does have a cell phone so it's just kind of all over the place which again intentionally sort of sort of like mouse hunt that same feel yeah absolutely when is this well you're not meant to know because who cares that way you can't point out these inconsistencies because you know it's intentional it does have mouse hunt vibes for sure yep so it opens, I mean, it's the 90s, mm-hmm. so there has to be a tinkerer. Yep. And it's always a little boy. It's always, yeah, or a man. Or the dad, yeah. Yeah. But this little boy is using this like Rube Goldberg style kind of machine to torture his little toys. It's yeah. Sid, Sid from Toy Story esque. I know. Setting them on fire or chopping them in half or drowning them. And he's like, yeah, hell yeah. I know. It's very strange. Well, I just realized. It's he's devising traps for whatever he thinks is stealing all their stuff. Okay, so it does have a purpose because I feel like in all the other movies when this happens, it's their contraptions that do a thing. Right. So that's what they're trying. He's trying to do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I didn't put it together, but yes, that is what he's trying to do. He's not a very malicious kid, though. No. Which is odd. Well. But yeah. Anyway, because he doesn't know that it's. Tiny people. Tiny people. <gasps> Spoiler. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> um, but it's Bradley Pierce who played Pete, Peter, and Jumanji. Yep. And he's Pete in this movie. Yeah, that's all he knows how to answer to. It's like I got two names in me. Okay. Yeah, it's- and I'm gonna be in movies with ambiguous time periods. <laughs> yes. But we see his mom reaches into the dryer and gets her finger snapped in one of his little inventions, and she's like, "Pete, what are you trying to catch?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know. That's the problem." Yeah. Because he's convinced that there's something in their house because all of their things keep going missing. Like the Christmas lights and his mom's needle and thread. Mm-hmm. Little things that go missing with no explanation. And his mom is like, yeah, it's your dad. You know, he just can't find anything. He misplaces things. He's, you know, right. an airhead. But I'm like, I'm also like, yeah, but what are you making all of your contraptions out of, my dude? Yeah, <laughs> that's probably where it's going. <laughs> Those are the things Pete. missing. Yeah, but he, he like keeps going and she's like, all right, okay, I get it. But so then we meet 
Mr. Lender, mm-hmm. Joe, the father who comes in. <laughs> Joe Lender, the father. <laughs> He yes. comes in and in the, in the like 30 seconds that we talk to him, he's like, babe, where are my keys? Babe, where's my have watch? You, have you seen anything? Where's my briefcase? And she's like, oh my God. But she has a little joke with Pete because she's yeah. like, you were right. I'm so sorry. I didn't believe you. Tiny things are stealing your dad's keys. And then she's like, no, they're in my pocket. Yeah. But he doesn't look like he feels made fun of. You know, it's clearly like yeah, they are both joke. enjoying this little joke. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't come up again, though. Nope. He doesn't lose anything else. No, but we also don't talk to him that much. That's true. Like, we, he's very much a background character. Yeah. But it is time for them to go meet Ocious P. Potter. What a who name. Is a lawyer. I know. I wonder what the P stands for. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> they, so he's a lawyer. He's going to read them their great Aunt Mary or their Aunt Mary. I can't remember. I don't Aunt know. Mary's will regarding the house that they are currently living in. Yeah. She has just died. And so they take off. Yep. And as soon as they leave the house, we travel through the rooms and land on the kitchen table where we see a tiny grappling hook being thrown onto the table, trying to latch onto something, eventually latches onto a milk jug, and a tiny little man with weird red hair climbs up the side of the table. He has the strangest hair. I can't understand it. it. You sent me a gif earlier of the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. And I think that's pretty close. It's pretty spot on. Yeah. But it's also almost Mad Hatter hair too. Yeah. It's like somewhere between the two. It's flat on top. It's poofy and curly. It's very red. I don't know. You just got to go look at it. I don't either. That guy, the actor, whose name I can't remember right now. It's Jim Broadbent. Yeah. He's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Most notably Harry Potter. I yep. think what most people would recognize him from. Yeah, I think so. There's a few Harry Potter mm-hmm. actors in this actually. Yeah. So he's wearing a pack made of dental floss and it has a battery on top of it. And he also has a little tool made from a spoon that kind of looks like a shovel multi-tool kind of thing. Yeah, it's got all kinds of stuff going on on it. And he's going off in search of something. <laughs> Zoot in a boot, I guess. We're not really sure yet. Yeah, so he's uh, swinging his way around the kitchen and pushing stuff around, looking for something, trying to get to somewhere. Mm-hmm. So now we're at Potter's office, and the lenders are finding out that there is no will to be read. And so we see it's like Potter sitting at his desk, but he's turned around with his back to them, and he's facing the camera, and he's like got this shit-eating grin on his face, and he's like, "I know, terrible, isn't it?" But then he composes his face to look sad and turns back around, and it's just like, you know, I, I gone over all the paperwork with a fine legal comb and i can't find anything it's just not in there yeah and the dad joe he's like but she promised the house to us we were sitting right here in this office you heard her you know Mm -hmm. and potter is like well you know people do weird things i've seen it a million times so sorry yep they say one thing and then they write down another thing or they don't write it down at all or what are you gonna do and they're like yeah what i mean what are we gonna do and he's like oh don't worry i have a plan I'm going to bulldoze your house and I'm going to build luxury apartments there. 24 apartments in the space of one house. Isn't that amazing? And they're like, no, no, it's not. It's not. That's where our house is. And he's like, I mean, for now, you have to move out by Saturday. Okay, bye. Get out of my office. Yeah. So he has this little like model of the apartments, too, that he puts Mm. like a flag on top with a P. Yeah. And I was like, he is the opposite of his character in The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. (laughs) because he goes to meet the emperor who tells him that he's gonna build a water slide where his house is yep 
and he <laughs> needs to move out immediately. So <laughs> you're totally right. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that because I was thinking about this. This is what happens, and it's a wonderful life. It's not what happens, but the bad guy's name is Potter, and that one too. Oh, and you know he like sees what life would look like if he never existed. Yeah, and the town is called Pottersville. Oh, I think huh. I'm almost positive. So I was just like, oh, were they, was that a nod or were they like, whatever? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a common name, I guess. Yeah. So back at the Linder house, the tiny man is using the stand mixer as a pulley to pull up his daughter, Arietti, in an ice cream container bucket. But before she wanders off, he asked her, he asks her what the first rule of borrowing is. And she says, have as much fun as you can. Right. Like, nah, bitch, those are camp counselor rules. Exactly. And... (laughs) She's so cute. She yeah. has her hair in like space buns, basically, yeah. but like taller, which was cute. Yeah, she actually look. She looks like the little girl in the Emperor's New Group has the same haircut, oh, yeah. where it's like she looks like she has broccoli stalks stuck it's to her true. head. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and this is where I first noticed too that their front teeth are bigger. Yes, they have giant front teeth with gaps in them. All of them do. The whole yeah. family. The whole. All of them. Race? Race? Breed? <laughs> Species? Species? <laughs> I don't know. All of them. But yeah, every borrower has a big old gap in their teeth. And it's cute. It is cute. The Especially first... because... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Especially because, unlike in Best in Show, it doesn't seem to affect the way that anyone talks. Right, yeah. Because that was like... So distracting. So distracting. <laughs> but they all talk fine. Yeah. But, no, the first rule of borrowing is never be seen. Mm-hmm. She is eager to get going, but she's left something behind. Oh, what is it? Her tiny brother. His <laughs> name is P. Green. His name is P. Green, and he's played by Tom Felton, and Tom Felton is 10 years old. He does not look like Tom Felton. He's, no, he doesn't. It's his hair. Like, yeah. I guess Draco Malfoy is just hair. It it, well, it is, because I watched this little, like, 20-minute, like, making of the Borrowers documentary, yeah. and Tom Felton has his little, you know, blonde side swept, and I was like, oh, there he is. Yeah. But he, yeah, he doesn't but then really you look put like him. A curly red wig on him, and mm. you're like, "Who the fuck is that? Who's this child?" And those goofy teeth. I cannot tell you if I had a dollar for every time I bleached a client's hair, and they said, "Oh, I look like Draco Malfoy." <laughs> every time they're the only is he, he's the only blonde guy. Every single time. Name another blonde guy. I mean, I feel like previous generations would be like, "Oh, Slim Shady." I guess, but mm. now it's Malfoy. It's now always. It's, mm. I don't know. It's weird. You should charge them for Harry Potter references. One dollar. <laughs> if you listen before you know, before you should know before you come in here. If you make a Harry Potter reference, your total is two hundred and thirty-one dollars. <laughs> one dollar is for Draco Malfoy. <laughs> so they pull P. Green up. He does not want to go. He doesn't want to be there. He hates everything. Oh my god. He complains so much. He's he, just constantly. I it's going to come that. up so many times. I hate this thing. But he like almost dies several times just because he doesn't want to do something. It's true. He's very stubborn, <laughs> but also like a little bit oblivious, which is kind of cute. Yeah. I really like him as annoying as he is. He's an adorable yeah, he's, little character. He's somehow they do it in a way that it isn't like, oh my God, shut yeah, up. Right. You know? yeah. It's kind of endearing. Yeah. I mean, it's probably also helped by the fact that he is three inches tall. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's just, he's so little. Can't get mad at him. But yeah, so they go off exploring, but their dad's like, you know, don't get lost. Like, stay with me. I have yeah. to switch out this battery and then we're going to head home. And they're they're wearing all of their stuff, like tied to, not all of their stuff, but- A lot of stuff. They just 
they have stuff tied to them. But yeah. I guess it's they need these tools to get around the mm-hmm. house. But a lot also, of it is for climbing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems very cumbersome if you are trying to be quiet and sneaky yeah. and get away fast. Like yeah. you would want to be less cumbersome because they're wearing a lot of layers too. Mm-hmm. Like the borrower fashion is very like layered, nomadic and layered and like yeah. weird clothing, which I appreciate. Yeah, it does look really cool. The costuming in this movie is cool. Everything, like, oh, I, I just want to, like, I want to be on this set and just walk around and look at it and touch stuff. Yeah. It, they don't spend enough time in the set, I yeah, feel like. I agree. But that's because I want to poke everything. <laughs> so even though she was told to stay put, Arietti is like, I'm scaling this fridge. And she starts climbing up the fridge magnets. This is the only, like, they do a good job in this movie of like consistency of their size yeah but their weight and their strength yeah shifts a lot it does because right now she is climbing up these little like fridge magnets with the letters on them and i'm like how much does she weigh yeah i feel like they would for those to not move at all yeah they don't move at all i mean it's it's very strong and then she goes and opens the freezer door with a popsicle stick yeah yeah like she and pea green do it together but but still i don't seal on that door no i don't think that would work even with a human yeah like that would just break it would just snap yeah (laughs) the door is way stronger but it's fine it's fine but so she you know pea green's like i'm not helping you dad said we had to stay put and she's like okay fine i'll just eat all the ice cream myself and he's like okay i'm coming too so (laughs) she leaves him up at the top of the freezer propping the freezer door open with the popsicle stick while she climbs in to eat ice cream yes yeah and we see pod who is their dad, is changing out his dead battery for a fresh one inside of a radio, which is so funny. I know. It's got to, like, they got to be like, we go through batteries like crazy. Like, yeah. this is just, just put new batteries in here. <laughs> but every, I, ah, I don't know. It's just, again, everything is so, it, he's holding a big battery. I mean, like, it was the 90s, so they didn't have any choice but to make these yes. things, yeah. you know, which just makes it better. But there's, just, like, the tiniest bit of CGI in this movie when we're, like, very zoomed out. Yeah. You know, and just to get the scale of things. Mm-hmm. But everything is made. It's, it's like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Where yep. it's, like, you know, the props are real. The set is real. Like, nothing is CGI. And it looks really great. Right. The cases are real. The rulings are vinyl. <laughs> but, and, yeah, like, he's wearing, like, this sweater vest that's, like, clearly hand-knitted. Yeah. But it's knitted with yarn that is human sized so mm-hmm. like the what do you call them the stitches the stitches yeah are so big yeah because they have to be like they can't yeah. get smaller yarn so I, I don't know <laughs> i'm gonna try not to go on and on about it but it just you can it just it's cool. our podcast yeah do whatever you want okay i will oh and this is what i was like oh i had an idea we're always talking about city museum yeah. in louisville and how cool it, in st louis and how cool it is and i was like what if there was something like city museum but it was like this where oh. it was like it just made you feel like you were and the borrowers five inches tall yes. and you're like climb through this vacuum cleaner tube and oh. pick up these like paper clips that are three feet across and like it would just be so neat that would be so fun there could be a borrower section and a honey i shrunk the kid section and yeah. that section is just where you make friends with an ant and then it dies and you cry <laughs> and that's the whole thing but you also get to eat an oatmeal cream pie that's yeah three <laughs> stories high oh they both end up in milk too mm. oh true big dairy <laughs> literally literally oh no but yeah so that would be uh super fun hell yeah but then so the freezer door closes Mm -hmm. and arietti is stuck in there and pea green gets his arm stuck in the door and pod hears pea green crying and makes his way all the way around the kitchen which is where a little bit of that cgi 
comes in. Yeah, because we see it zoomed out. Yeah. Yeah. But it still looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But he goes running, you know, across this and swings across the kitchen sink and lands on some soap and Yeah, he does, does it flip. real fast. Yeah. yeah. He's very He's he's going parkour. parkour acrobatic. Parkour. Yeah. Well he does it. And makes it up to the top of the fridge. And he gets P. Green's little arm out. Yeah. And he's like, Where's Arietti? P. Green says, She's in the freezer. And he's like, you know, um, P. Green says, Is there could this get any worse? Or something. Yeah, or this says, is, is that about bad. Yeah, is that bad? And Pod says, That's about as bad as it gets. Mm-hmm. And then the lenders come home. Yep. So it just got worse. Yep. So he's like, Okay. Pod grabs P. Green, swings him down over to the counter, gives him the battery, and is like, Run home to your mom. And then he <laughs> goes over to the toaster, sets it on one, and climbs up to the lever. Yeah. Let's call that a lever that you push down. Mm-hmm. And then it toast is done. Whoo! Flings him across the kitchen into the ice dispenser of the freezer where he climbs up just as Joe and Victoria are walking in. And they kind of hear and see this happen. You know, yeah, they hear the like toaster go off. Out of the corner of their eye. Yeah. They're like, they hear like, what? Just, but they're both distraught because they have to move out of the house in a few days. Right. Their whole life is about, their whole lives are about to be turned upside down. So they just kind of like go on. Right. Like whatever. And let me see. Inside of the freezer, Pod and Arietti are standing inside of the chute where the ice comes from. Yeah. Pod was going to climb up and Arietti slid down. Yeah. So they met in the, in there. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't see them. They're just like right up. You know, if, if they stuck their hand up there, they would be able to touch them. But yeah, they're just hanging out in there. But then Joe is like, oh, you want some ice in this orange juice that you're drinking? Which gross. gross. And also there's already juice in the glass, my man. You put the ice in first. Everybody knows that you're going to get orange juice everywhere. everywhere. It's sticky. God, get it together. But so he goes to put, he pushes the little thing. The ice comes tumbling down, which of course looks like these giant ice boulders coming straight for a pot and area. These little heads. And he puts up his little shovel, spoon, multi-tool, whatever, to block the ice. And Joe tries again. And again, more ice coming down. He keeps trying. Yep. (laughs) And then he finally opens the door to see what is the matter. And he's like, there's nothing in the way. Everything's fine. Closes Mm -hmm. the door again. Blah. All the ice comes out all over the floor, along with Pod's little tool, which is broken now. And we see there's like a long string of dental floss hanging out of the ice dispenser. Joe just looks at Victoria and she's like, ah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she's probably thinking that it's something of Pete's. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite helpful. I know I was watching this and wondering, like, <laughs> borrowers could not exist in, like, a minimalist household. No, they need little nooks and crannies to hide in. Yeah, and lots of stuff. to. He uses so many things to yeah. get from one place to there, climbing on this and that. If you had all your utensils put away, well, they wouldn't be able to do anything. <laughs> That's why I don't. Just it's in case. for the borrowers. Just in case right. the borrowers need exactly. something. Yeah. Try uh, to leave it out. Drop some Cheerios. I'm not picking those up. Those for the borrowers. Or the dogs. Or the dogs. <laughs> so Arietti is dragging her feet on the way home because she knows that her mother's going to be mad. And they get back. And she is in a state. Yeah. And she's running around the house because she's worried. And then they, you know, give Arietti a lecture while they're eating dinner borrowers have to be quiet and inconspicuous and she argues she's like i've lived in this house my whole life i haven't seen anything are there even any other borrowers in the world you know like yeah you keep saying the borrower way show me another borrower this is your way you know this is not you say it like we're a people and we're not exactly their conversation is cut short however because victoria has started vacuuming (laughs) and what's the mom's name homily homily yeah like the food I think that's hominy. Oh, 
right? Homily. Homily grits. Yeah. Her name's just homily. I think it's just a name. Wait, is a homily is like a like a verse or like a poem? Like homage type thing? Like reading a homily? Oh, yeah, you're totally right. A religious discourse that is intended primarily for spiritual edification rather than doctrinal instruction. Homily. What a weird name. Yeah, I liked it, though. Homily and pea green. (laughs) Yeah, homily and pod. Yeah. And then pea green. I don't know. Pod and Arietti are weird, but I feel like homily and pea green are the weird ones. Yeah. Anyway, the house starts to shake because victoria has started vacuuming and homily says it's not thursday is it right (laughs) they can't just change the schedule yeah um (laughs) they all have like buckles on their seats so Mm -hmm. that they can buckle in but p green doesn't get his on in time he gets like sucked up to the ceiling he's not gonna get sucked through yeah he's just stuck to it yeah he's just stuck to the ceiling and then as she moves on he drops back down yeah (laughs) all this funny food they're eating like one noodle yeah in a bowl. it gets all tossed about everywhere yeah poor things i know how disruptive like why wouldn't you rude uh, it is rude <laughs> think about other people victoria think about tiny people but also it seems like i don't know you could probably find a place in the house where they don't run the vacuum cleaner oh true. like under the stairs and yeah. you know put your stuff there i don't know Whatever. I mean, they, I guess they're just like get this fun scene. It's it's just it's once a week. You know, we can yeah. deal with it. It's fine. So then later that night, we see Homily taking Arietti two Cheerios and a raisin, and <laughs> she goes to talk to her. And she's like, you know, we just worry about you. We're scared because yeah. the beans, which is what they call the people, the human beans, will squish you, and we don't want you to get squished. And you'll get to go borrowing again someday. And Arietti's like, tomorrow. And she's like, no. <laughs> but she's talking about you know. Your dad used to be so wild. Like, you're just like your dad. And Arietti's like, no, he's a square. And she's like, no, no, no. He and his weird friends used to get caught all the time. And it gave me gray hairs. And I was freaking out. And so stressful. Mm -hmm. And this is where we learn, like, there used to be a lot more borrowers in the house. And their name, their last name is based on where they live in the house. So she was like, oh, there were the overmantles and the furnaces and, of course, the rafters. Right. And their last name is Clock. Yeah. So that must be where they were. Yeah. They live under the grandfather clock or something. Yeah. It's just cute. Yeah. To know, I don't know, the little borrower culture. Um, And cute, too, in this way of getting information without having it being like, well, you know, we are named for where we live in the house. You you figure it out. Yeah. It's not spoon fed to you. Exactly. It's a lot better of like kids are intelligent. You know, they'll figure it out. Yeah. If you say, oh, there used to be this family called the Furnaces. Well, okay, we figured it out. So that sounds like a hot place to live. I know. <laughs> I just, I like the way that they did it. Yeah, it was great. But anyway, she's like, um, but don't worry about it. Okay, bye. Yep, <laughs> you know, it doesn't really explain anything. Yeah, there used to be a lot more families in this house. They're gone now. See ya. I do love that her bedroom door is a credit card. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, lost my credit card. Wonder where it could be. Yep. Well, it just probably fell through these cracks. It's probably somebody's door. Creaky old house. <laughs> now it's a door. But Arietti is bored. She ain't going to sleep. Mm-mm. She wants to go out and explore. So she lights a birthday candle. She has like a little birthday candle and a little stick. There's some wiring that has been cut in half that she like rubs together to light the candle. I know. Dangerous. I know. And then wanders off through the walls. She clearly knows where she's going. Yeah. Because she goes to where Pete is watching TV in his room. Mm-hmm. She uses a pulley to get up to the top of his walls and, like, opens a little 
place in like the molding. Yeah. Forgot the word for molding. And goes out and sits on a shelf to watch TV while he watches TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, getting the vibe. She does this all the time. It's not like she's not allowed to go out in the house. Yeah. She's just not allowed to go borrowing. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. On the TV that Pete is watching, we see a commercial from Exterminator Jeff. (laughs) The pest's pest. Yes. Extermination is my middle name. Explaining that he can take out any bug. Mm Mm-hmm. But Pete doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to watch the TV. So he turns it off. And Arietti's like, I guess I'll go home. But she knocks over a toy. Yeah. It's a little Native American man. Yeah. Which is actually the same exact plastic man that they used in in the Indian and the cupboard. Oh, shit. The Indian and the cupboard. We should cover that sometime. Yeah. It's on our list for sure. Yeah. I remember liking that movie. Yeah. I read the book again. I mean, we'll talk about it on the... But I tried to read the book and i was like this is racist is it? Oh. <laughs> oh boy but but yeah i remember like in the movie too so who knows we'll see but yeah so it's it's just the same little plastic figure yeah. which i thought was cute but he hears this you know he sees the little guy tumble all the way down to the ground and he goes to investigate and arietti hides and she almost gets away because he's grabbed like a can yeah he's looking for her but then she realizes that she left her candle behind and she tries to go back for it which is just like just leave it girl it's yeah, fine. Just leave it. It's okay. But he catches her. Yeah. Boom. Puts the can on top of her, then slides a postcard under there. Like a little bug. Like a bug, yeah. And dumps her into a fishbowl that has like just a small layer of change on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So he can look at her. She's all crouched over and she's like, All right, get it over with. Go ahead and do it. And he's like, Whoa, this is so cool. You can talk. Also, get what over with? And she's like, Well, you're gonna squish me, right? So go ahead and squish me. And he's like, Why would you want me to squish you? And she's like, I don't want you to squish me. <laughs> But you're a bean, and that's what beans do. Yeah. Um. I have to say, Pete looks so unexcited. I know. Did not the best acting job. No, and it, it makes me really sad because I feel like he did a good job in Jumanji. And yeah. I know that he's not talking to her in this scene. He's talking to a stick. Yes. But I'm like, she could have been just off camera. I just, I feel like he's doing his best for a child who was talking to a stick. Sure. But he, she should have been like right there. He could have done some acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's very like, whoa, neat. Yeah. He's you know, like, it's like oh, you just found a tiny human being. You can talk. Yeah. Like just no f- facial expression change. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I do feel like kids are more open to the impossible, you know? Yeah. They're, they're less surprised. Yeah. But he should have some sort of emotion he on should be a face. little more excited about it, yeah because he's like you know i knew something was stealing our stuff but i never imagined but he's not like he's just not jazzed enough no. he should be to see tiny people yeah it's exciting she's adorable look at her um but then of course you know ariette is like arietti is like we don't steal we borrow it's not true they never return it listen i will say the same thing i said at the top it's in the same house <laughs> they <laughs> haven't true. stolen anything well actually to be fair Pod does return the battery that was dead. <laughs> it does give the batteries back. They get their dental floss back in pieces. That's true. Eventually, hanging from the freezer. Pick it up off the floor. God, it's a little bit hard. <laughs> Whatever. Do you need this credit card? I'll give it back. Oh, you got another. I was going to give it back, but you got another one. Never mind. It's permanently affixed to the door frame. Don't freak out. God. It's still here. I'll read you the numbers if you want to order something online. I don't know. But so then Pete. So Arietti says, you know, we're borrowers. There used to be a lot more of us, but they've all moved on. And Pete's like, well, we have to move too. They're going to demolish the house. And Arietti's like, 
the house that we live in also as well and he's like oh yeah i guess you guys will have to move too and she's mm-hmm. like nope that sucks she's like I, well, we can't move you know all of our whole lives are here like what are we gonna do the yeah, world is a big scary place tiny yeah what and will he's we do? like well maybe i can help you yeah and so next we see Ariadne back at home talking to her parents and she we see has explained the situation and we do the thing where we've jumped right into the conversation we didn't need to hear the beginning we already know what she's talking about exactly but they do it he he just says absolutely not we don't do that thing that i hate where it's like absolutely not what yeah explain this to me again you want the blow like yeah. we just saw the happiest fun so yeah, again need- they're really just counting on the children who watch this movie to understand and i appreciate it yep me too but yeah, he does say, absolutely not. We're not trusting him. He's a bean. Beans are bad. Yeah. I don't understand. Jim Broadbent seems like he is struggling mm. with every word yeah. in this movie. I don't know yeah. why. Maybe it's the teeth. It doesn't It doesn't feel like the teeth, though. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like they're getting in the way. It just feels like he's like, no, no, Arietti. Like, he has to think about everything. Yeah, he does talk really slow. Yeah, it's super slow. It's, and it's like... It's like he has to think about his accent, but he's a British man, so this yeah. is the way he sounds. So I don't understand, but it was bugging me anyway. Interesting. So well, now we see. Yeah, classic. He says no, but we're doing it anyway. Yep. We see Pete carrying a laundry container, which looks like you used to have soap in it, but it doesn't. And he puts it in the moving truck. When he sets it down in the truck, he removes the lid. The whole clock family is inside. He gave them a walkie-talkie so that they can know what's going on so he can communicate with them from the front seat, which is adorable. It is so cute. He brought them some food, which I don't know what he hands them. It looks like candy. I guess so. And he fixed Pod's tool, the one that was in the ice maker, which seems to help Pod, like, start to trust him a little bit more. Yeah, he's, you know, genuinely says thank you. Yes. So then we see the elder lenders picking up the last of their stuff, putting it on the truck. They're like, all right, that's it. Let's let's get in and go because speed explained to them you know the house is only a mile away yeah we're not going too far to him yeah he's like it's not that far it's just a mile and the borrowers are like oh my god you know that might as well be the other side of the world i know homily's like oh pod (laughs) i'm gonna faint yeah so he gets up in the cab of the truck with his parents and is like all right and trying to be sneaky but conspicuous into his walkie-talkie it's a bench seat they're all sitting on top of each other he's like we're going (laughs) over the curb over it's just like i think i don't know i was like maybe he should have just leaned into being really weird and just being like i'm telling all our furniture what's happening yeah i feel like he's a weird kid so they would would just be like whatever i mean he's what like eight or nine yeah those kids do weird shit anyway right or if he had like a toy back there he's like i just wanted it you know i want our toy he should have just brought them with him yeah in the front seat but then we wouldn't have any of this movie i don't know but he could have just been like, oh, we're, you know, I'm just telling our furniture in case it falls over. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. He, he doesn't. They're he just could have. Over. Yeah. But before they even get out of the driveway. Which they do spend such a long time getting out of the driveway. Yep. To build suspense, I guess. I guess. Disaster. Yeah. Because an ironing board falls over and smashes the detergent box that they're in to oh, smithereens. I thought it was a sled. What? I thought it was a sled. Oh, I thought it was an ironing board. <laughs> doesn't matter i guess you could sled on an ironing board and you could iron on a sled (laughs) (laughs) really aren't they the same thing one has legs what is the difference they both have legs one has like short legs and one has long legs (laughs) (laughs) oh okay you're thinking of like a wooden sled with like runners i was thinking of a plastic one but yeah absolutely the exact same thing no different (laughs) (laughs) but so the detergent box i thought you meant (laughs) i thought you meant 
they were in a sled. Oh. I was like, it was clearly a box. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, we are all over the place. It's fine. Smashes the box to smithereens and Ariadne and Pea Green go flying. Yeah. And fall through a hole in the bottom of the truck. Yeah, just like a rusted out yeah. hole in the cargo part. And Pete is trying so hard to get his dad to stop because Homily and Potter are freaking out over the talkie talkie as they keep calling it. Yeah. Which is so cute. I think it's funny that they have they keep calling it a talkie talkie, but they also know that they're supposed to be like over <laughs> when they're done. Yeah, talking. they understand it. Yeah. Yeah. But so Pete just tries to get his dad to stop. And I have to just pee. Like, I my head hurts. Yeah. I broke my leg. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps getting more and more ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, there goes my appendix. <laughs> and he's like, why are you being so weird? And he's like, just stop the car. It doesn't work, of course. The kids fall out of the truck and onto the road, pea green right into a pile of dog shit. Oof. Like it's a little throne. He yeah, he's poops, sitting. sits on it. <laughs> a little armchair of poo, which and in the little documentary that I watched, Tom Felton was like, that's my favorite part. <laughs> it's like it was so squishy and fun to play with it just felt cool so Aww. i was just squishing it around <laughs> it looks like an emoji of poop yes it's like the perfect yeah that little classic swirl. shape yeah mm-hmm. but yeah they fall out nalinder's take off again and pea green is presumably crushed beneath the wheel yeah and it's a lot for ariadne to deal with she's losing her home and now she's like my brother was just squashed flat and i don't want to turn around but of course i have to turn around and see him and but then he's, he's fine He's fine, but the poop has been, like, <laughs> molded around his body. Yep, up to, like, his knees. He's just yeah. standing there. He's like, oh, Duck. yeah, laugh it up. <laughs> <laughs> Pete still trying to get his dad to pull over. I can't see. Everything's going black. I think I, yeah, I just broke my leg. Oh, there went the other one. <laughs> his dad's like, Pete, please. <laughs> I can't deal with you. Um, But in the back, you know, Pod and Homily are, like, trying to, Homily's freaking out. And Pod's like, look, our kids are really smart. Yeah. They're going to be okay, and we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't stress. Osha's P. Potter has arrived at the house with the most evil-looking driver. Yeah. Who he keeps calling Q-Ball. Yep. <laughs> I wonder if he's that's his nickname. Or bald. If he's being mean. I don't know which yeah. one it is. He's just bald, and he's got serious eyebrows. But of course, that means evil. evil. Well, and he's wearing that, like, Dr. Evil button-up. Early. Yeah. Anyway. A lot of evil vibes. Yeah, he's got evil vibes. Yeah. Um, but Arietti and Pea Green have gone back in the house because they barely made it very far anyway. Right. So right they just there. went back inside. And she found a map of the town that they live in, mm-hmm. which was in their house, and says, look, here's the whole world. We're here. And the new house is by a church, so it must be here. And it doesn't look that far. We can get there really easily. We'll be fine. But then while they're trying to figure this out, Potter comes into the house with a stethoscope. <laughs> And is imitating his conversation with Aunt Mary while he does. Yeah. And I do think in any other movie this would annoy me, but I feel like it was done pretty well. Yes. Ex- again, like, yeah. he seems like the kind of dude who would do this because he's yeah. so pleased with himself for how evil he is and how he got away with it. Yeah. Yeah, because he's walking around tapping the walls gently with a hammer while listening to him and being like, I don't trust banks, Mr. Potter, so I'm putting my will and the money in the walls of my house. Oh, yeah. what a wonderful idea, Mrs. Alabaster. Right. You'll make sure that my niece and her husband get the will, won't you? Oh, yes, of course. You can trust me. I'm a lawyer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Ariadne and Peagreen are listening to all this from up above an event. Potter finds a hollow-sounding place in the wall. 
and just starts hacking away with the hammer. Yeah. And when you know it, there's a safe in there. Oh, wow. I don't know. He gets it open using his stethoscope and whatever fucking lock breaking skills he has. <laughs> there's a box in with her will in there. And Arietti understands what's happening and is like, we can save the house. Mm-hmm. We just got to get that will. Yep. But Potter hears them. I don't know if it's because they're being loud or because he has a stethoscope still in his ears. Yeah, I think it's implied that the stethoscope is helping. He uses it a lot to yeah. hear them. I don't think that's how they work. I don't either. He has to be pressed up against something. Yeah. But what do I know? I'm not a doctor. No. But anyway, so he hears them, but he does the same thing that other beans do. And they're just like, huh, whatever yeah. that was. And then he calls someone on his gold cell phone. Yeah. To say that he's registering the demolition and he wants it done by 2 p.m. today. Mm, I don't care if it's late notice. He seems like a fun guy. Oh, yeah. So Arietti is like, we can save the house if we get the will to Pete. Yeah. And P. Green's like, that's the biggest human beat I've ever seen. How are we going to do that? She's like, I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. Well, you're smart. (laughs) So over at the new house, Pete is still trying to get his dad to stop the car, but they've pulled up. So it's pointless. So he just hops out and they're like, do you want to see the house? And he's like, no, I got to check out my stuff. (laughs) Goes in there and then his dad comes around and is like, I thought you were in need of immediate medical attention. And he's like, I feel fine, actually. Yeah. Okay, bye. So he sees the smashed box. He finds homily and Pod and they explain what happened to the kids. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, I'm so sorry. Let's just. And Pod's like, no, we're in charge now. Yeah. Yeah. He's I'm... like, yeah, no, totally. 100%. You are an adult after all, I assume. <laughs> so. You seem old. Yeah. I don't know. So at the old house, Potter is trying to light the will on fire, but his lighter isn't working. Yeah. Conveniently. Yeah, I know. The just... whole movie would end if his lighter worked. Right. <laughs> there it goes. Okay, never mind. He um, chucks it. Yeah. And then he just sets the will down on the mantle and goes through the drawers looking for some matches. But he finds some. And when he turns around to grab the will, the will is uh walking off by itself. Yeah. It didn't just walk off by itself. No. This did. This did. It's very much like in Mouse Hunt where they're like, is that sandwich? <laughs> Just walking away across oh, the, the sandwich. So he takes a minute to compose himself and just like watches it. He is in such shock that he's like, doesn't react. Yeah. It doesn't make a move to get it. Right. He's just trying to figure out what the hell he's looking at. Yeah. Which is very convenient because we skip the part where <laughs> the kids are on the mantle and then suddenly they're on the floor down on the baseboards. Yeah. It's like, hmm. Never mind. You don't need to know. I just got down there. <laughs> None of your business. None of your business. I mean, they don't take fall damage, right? They could have just jumped. Yeah, or used the will as a little parachute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he still can't believe what's happening because he's just standing there staring at it, which is fortunate because they head over to a vent with a hole in it. They go through the vent and then they take the will right through them. And he's like, no, wait, fuck! <laughs> Jumps after it. But it's too late. It's already in the vents now. Yep. But then he uses his stethoscope to listen and hears them talking in the vents. So this I think would work. Yeah. But I just don't think like, oh, I hear better from across the room because I have this in my ears. Maybe I don't know. But also, again, no, like, he's not like, were those, t- are those tiny people? What the Somebody fuck? is talking. Yeah. yeah. It, it, he doesn't have any kind of reaction to it other than like, oh, no, I need that will back. Yeah. He's just seeing dollar signs. I guess. But there, there should be something like, who's in this house? You know, like he should go looking around or something. But he yeah. doesn't look at all he's just like hmm, i gotta get that back i guess huh, must be tiny people well not enough except for the exterminator who we're about to meet not enough amazement of these tiny people i agree so pete has secured pod and homily into a like an old coffee can on his bike and starts taking off through the city and his mom is like well uh, 
by. They're yeah. still like moving stuff into the new he house, and there. he's just Audi. Yep. She's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "Nowhere." She's like, "Okay, look out for cars." <laughs> I mean, they did only move a mile away, but so still, it's not like he's in a new town where he doesn't know where anything is. But he, yeah, he's just like taking off. Like, see you later, I guess. Not Don't make like, him carry a box. Like, hey, can I go? Yeah. No, he just leaves. Get over here and help you, able-bodied child. <laughs> Contribute. Back at the old house, we see Arietti is explaining to Pea Green, well, we'll just wait until the bean eats lunch because that's the easiest time to deal with beans. Yeah, they're we'll distracted. Take it from him. Or no, that's how, that's how we'll get out of the house because they have yeah. the will. They're folding it up and like strapping it to her back. She's like, that's how we'll get out of the house. Yep. But Potter is listening and she calls him like this whole string of names. She's like, yeah, and then we'll get away from that vicious, greedy, terrible ugly nasty yeah then ugly he's like who you calling ugly like that's the one that he's offended by you but then he picks up his hammer and just starts taking up the floorboard and sees them yeah and he reaches in and tries to grab them and they get separated pea green is up smashed up in a corner yeah they're like on either side of his giant hand yeah and she has a way out but he does not he's like cornered in this space and he's just like ariadne help me which it's just little Tom Felton and this giant like rubber thumb <laughs> it's, like squishing up against him. It's it like, looks Ugh. good, like for what it is, but yeah. it's just because there's no movement to this. It's just like big poke, thumb poke, yeah, poke, it's yeah, very funny. But so you know he's about to get him until Arietti like jabs this pitchfork made of sewing needles into his thumb, which <laughs> makes Potter mad, of course. And yeah, he tears up more floorboards and finds a bunch of their stuff. Yeah, he like their little tables and they're basically rips the roof off their house. Yeah, and just has you know a bird's eye view of their whole home right and again is not like wow tiny furniture he just says this place is infested yeah sure i guess and then we see pete again on his bike heading back to the house and pod and homily look very uncomfortable yeah they're moving very fast and they're in a coffee can yeah and they can't see where they're going no that would be not fun so potter has called exterminator jeff and shows him where he's pulled up the floor he's like you know Look at this. Can you get rid of this? Mm-hmm. And Jeff says, borrowers. Yeah. He I, is excited. I didn't think they were real. Right. I've heard all the stories, but oh, man. I'm sure exterminators do talk about it. Yeah. Well, and I think he, he was saying that his aunt told him, you know, oh, like yeah. when he was little, he's just like, yeah, everybody has knows. heard of them. Yeah. yeah. But now, oh, my gosh, you know, they're totally real, which I don't know. This is not a story that I heard growing up. No, me neither. But in the little documentary, Jim Broadbent was talking about, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, when you're a kid and like the first time you hear the story about how there's borrowers in your house and they take all your stuff and that's why things go missing. And it was just so cool to be a part of this story that I had grown up with. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Damn, we don't have that. I know, but we can. We can. But yeah, he says, you know, oh, I didn't think that they were real. I can kill them. But why do you want me to? Yeah, they're They're fine. They're They're fine. They're cute. They don't even steal. They just borrow. Right. Because Potter says they stole something very important to me. And he's like, "Uh, they don't steal. They borrow. (laughs) And then Potter gives him a look and he's like, right. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll get to the killing. Sorry. Right. Sorry. And so without any kind of like inspections, tests, nothing, he just jams this gun that he has on his back into the wall. Yeah. Not even like in a hole that's already there. Like he makes a hole. Yep. Yep. Crams it right in there, which I don't think he knows that this house is getting demolished. No, he doesn't. So why would he? Hello? Do that? Yeah. This, is this how you take care of everyone's house? You're just like, oh, I made a huge hole in the wall. Sorry, but your bugs are dead. 
I'm about to fill your house with foam. Yeah, because like, yeah, the reason that he makes a hole in the wall is to just spray foam into it, which just starts filling up every nook and cranny inside of the walls. Yeah. It's oozing out of the vents. It's very caustic looking, which he turns over, like he turns to look at Potter and he says, insecticide foam. Yeah, it, it burns, burns on, on contact. contact. Yeah. How does this not cause damage to a home that people live in? It does. Like, also, wouldn't it fuck up like your insulation or like your, your insulation, your wiring, your central air? Yeah, it's coming <laughs> out of the vents and it can't be good to like breathe and stuff. It just, no. I don't know. Yeah, Very you're, silly. You're dead. You don't have a bug problem anymore because you have to move. Because you're all dead, actually. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, So Potter is watching him do this. You know, he's down on one knee doing this or whatever. And Potter's standing above him and he's like, how long is it going to take? But he's in the zone, yeah. so he can't hear him. So Potter smacks him, mm-hmm. which knocks him out of his focus, and he flips around and then just starts shooting insecticide foam in his face. Yep. And I tried really dies. hard not to think about how it was just a money shot from a porno. <laughs> well, the screaming helps. The horrified screaming. Yeah. He's clearly not having a good time. No, I know. But it's just like... I don't know. It's too. I ugh. no. I know he's down. It's like it's it's at his legs and it's just shooting right up into his face. Yeah, and, just and it's white. It's white foam. So I don't know. <sighs> yeah. If I were a Christian parent, I would say this is too suggestive. Oh, see, I don't. I don't think it's <laughs> enough. No, no, not for a kid. But like you know how Christian parents yeah. are always like, oh, there's like coded messaging right that's what they would say i guess the blank look on the exterminator's face is very he's just kind of like oh <laughs> does not react cannot no. figure out how to turn the machine off just Mm-mm. covers this poor man yeah. in insecticide foam yeah so he finally gets the machine off potter goes banging around the house screaming the whole time because it's like burning and also hardening yeah on his face and then jeff is admonished never disturb an exterminator mid-foam but he like pulls it off potter's mustache comes with it top three layers of skin yeah his skin is very red yeah i didn't understand why his eyebrows didn't come off i'll tell you why tell me they're supposed to come off that was the plan but john goodman was like what if my eyebrows don't grow back in time for me to film roseanne okay I would like to leave my eyebrows intact, please. You can t- just cover them up with makeup, though. I know. You don't have to shave. He didn't want to shave his eyebrows, and I guess we're like, that's the only way we're doing it. Yeah. Just I guess. cover them up. His, they obviously like put makeup on to make his face look red. Yeah. Unless they just slapped him around every morning. <laughs> <laughs> he just he wasn't supposed to look that red, but he got sunburnt, and they were like, we're using it. It's like in Romeo and Juliet, where they're leave like, it in. we're using Jamie Kennedy's black eye. Just leave it, and it looks good. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... They could have just given him just cover up the eyebrows with makeup but he didn't want to do it whatever so he's got eyebrows yeah it's very would have been way funner if he just didn't have eyebrows for the rest of the movie i agree anyway he's big mad yeah and then he sees arietti and p green he has a real knack for just like honing in on these yeah he just will turn and see them yeah a lot uh, that happens a lot in the movie yeah yeah and so he runs up the stairs after them yells at jeff he's like you're gonna just leave me alone on this landing or you're gonna come up here and help me because jeff's still like oh course yeah nice and keeps forgetting that he's supposed to be killing them yeah so he's like okay 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 i'm coming more foam sir and potter just takes his foam gun and throws it over the stairs it explodes into a million pieces he hands him the hammer yeah this part too was like he hands him the hammer he throws his thing over and 
Potter is kneeling down looking at the wall Mm -hmm. and Jeff is standing over him with a hammer. Yeah. And I was like, he's real pissed that you just wasted all that money. It's true. That he spent on his equipment. Like now is the time. Yeah. That he's just going to murder you and this is going to be a rated R movie. (laughs) (laughs) This movie could be so gruesome. It could be. I know. A lot of opportunities. But anyway, that doesn't happen. No. He just starts to like point at the wall where he wants Jeff to hit. I know. Which like, why can't you do it yourself? Right, just you two hands. use the hammer. You're wasting time pointing. Who knows? He's like, Very, I hired this exterminator. He's going to work for me. He's going to exterminate. He's going to do the swinging. Reminds me of that scene in Twister when all of the tractors are falling on the yep. road. And she has to be like, right, left, right. Yeah, but she doesn't have to do that. No, she doesn't. Doesn't make any sense. She's not driving. But that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. So Jeff goes a little nuts. He does. That part's funny. <laughs> he just starts smashing a big hole in the wall, which I mean, that's why rec rooms exist, because like smashing yeah. a hole in the wall with like impunity looks fun. Looks like so much fun. But he once he stops, he's just like, you feel better? Jeff's like, yeah, actually. He goes, okay. And then they just move on. <laughs> he finds a spot. He's like, okay, there right now. And it works. I mean, this time, because. What we've seen before, everywhere he hits, Arietti and P. Green are running through the walls and they it just misses them. You know, the wall yeah. explodes behind them. Mm. But this time they're standing there, like kind of cowering in this corner. And he's like, OK, right there now. And Jeff hits it and it snags P. Green's coat through the wall and knocks yeah. him out. And he goes flying through the air and lands on a hanging light bulb. Much like the time my gecko bit me <laughs> and it didn't hurt, but it surprised me. And yeah. I- Yanked my arm back and threw him across the room. Oh, no. Did I not tell you that? I don't know. He was fine. Yeah. I just found him and picked him up and put him back. And he was like, huh. Wow. Yeah. But (laughs) hopefully he hated it. So he wasn't like, I'm going to bite you again. That was fun. No, he has not done it since. Put me on the roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it reminds me of. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. But so Jeff's just holding this little coat and he's like, remarkable. (laughs) Potter goes over to the light where P. Green is hanging and starts batting at it like a cat. Yeah, he <laughs> can't to, reach it. He can't reach, yeah. And Potter's like, are you going to help me or what? And he Jeff just looks over at the light switch and is like, Meh? He goes, yeah, do it. So he yeah. turns the light on and the light bulb starts to heat up. But somehow Arietti has made her way all the way from the baseboards inside the wall to the ceiling above the light. She's very good at climbing. Very good at it. And she's like, P. Green, I'm up here. I'm going to help you out and sends down a measuring tape. Yeah. He's like, grab onto it. But he's scared. Of course, it's a long way. Yeah. And he's like swinging back and forth. And it's like, yeah, he would have to jump to get onto right. it. Right. And yeah. it's, he's smoking because this light bulb is hot, which, you know, doesn't doesn't make for the best like thinking environment. Exactly. Yeah. And this guy is like swatting at him. Yeah. And gets the hammer. So Ariadne throws a screw at him. It's hits Potter in the face with a screw. She's like, pick on somebody your own size. He goes yeah. and gets Jeff's hammer. And just as he's about to hit P. Green with this hammer, P. Green jumps and grabs onto the measuring tape. She gets the switch. Zoop. He goes up into the ceiling. And Potter has uh, zapped himself real good by hitting this turned on light bulb with a hammer. Yeah, he hit it with the claw side, too, so it's, like, stuck in it. Yeah. And he's being electrocuted mm-hmm. and just stuck there for quite some time. Yeah. An uncomfortable amount of time. Yeah, he's talking through his gritted teeth. He's Turn trying to get off the power. Yeah. What? Because, <laughs> again, the exterminator. And he's, like, smoking. Fascinated by these little dudes. Yeah. Which I can't believe that he's still trying to kill them. Yeah. Like, I know he's an exterminator and that's his job. 
but they look like little human beings. Right. And they wear pants. You're, and they speak English. They're wearing clothes. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could swat a fly if when I was about to hit it, the fly was like, no, God, please don't kill me. I'm just a child. You know, <laughs> I like, would be I would, like, oh, shit. Oh, sorry, man. Like, it talks. Like, I mean, I yeah. I accidentally killed a fly the other day. I usually just try to shoo them away. Yeah. But this one, I think, was at the end of his life because I went to shoo and I smacked. <laughs> they didn't move in time. <laughs> I didn't like, expect oh, just it. Take me out. It's fine. I know. I was like, ah. I know. I'm sorry. But they don't, you know. <laughs> And he wasn't even wearing pants. He wasn't even wearing pants. These just look like little people. I don't know. And he's still just like, well, all right. Kill them all, I guess. Wild. But. Jesus. He Green and Arietti have made it to the roof. Yeah. Looking out at the big wide world. And it's really cute because they're just like, dang, look at it. And it's cool, too, because anytime we see the whole city, the foreground is like real. Mm -hmm. But the background is obviously painted. Yeah. And it doesn't look like they tried to hide that. Yeah. And it kind of makes it look more like a storybook. Yeah. Which I really liked that effect. It looked really cool. It is very cool. Yeah. And again, we get that ambiguity of like, oh, they live in this quaint little villagey type looking place, but there's also very clearly a metropolis type city in the background. Yes. So again, where are we? Who knows? We could be anywhere. We could be anywhere. Probably in the same city that Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was filmed in. <laughs> also an, an ambiguous mm-hmm. European American city. American British yeah town <laughs> but arietti is like okay we just have to make it we've got the will we got out of the house we just have to make it to the new house and look these wires go straight into the city they go everywhere we can just use them and yada 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 we skip over how, a lot of details how they're doing this how they get up there how they anything it's fine yeah and suddenly they're just zip lining across the telephone wires through the city arietti's having a great time pea green not so much yep so Jeff says he's going to introduce Potter to his secret weapon. <laughs> Goes to his truck, opens the door, and there is a big sleeping bloodhound. Yeah, he's just sleeping and farting in the back of this truck. His name is Mr. Smelly. It sure is. And the captions kept being like, Mr. Smelly farts. <laughs> <laughs> so like, Mr. Smelly farts. Dog farting sound. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smelly Farts. Jeff explains that he only eats cheese. Yep. But he's like half asleep, just farting. But he lets <laughs> Mr. Smelly sniff Pea Green's little jacket and he gets up and goes off to follow the scent. How is this dog's sense of smell not totally ruined by his own fart? He's like, I live in a cloud. How do you expect me to smell <laughs> anything smell else? Any- just look for anything that doesn't smell like your terrible like, <laughs> fart cloud. All right, got it. Yeah, off they go on the set, but they are immediately interrupted by a cop played by Hugh Laurie, my favorite character in this movie. He's so good. And he's just like, hello, gentlemen. Good God, man, what happened to your face? (laughs) (laughs) Because someone has reported a disturbance of the peace. He says, Mm -hmm. we got a report that an ice cream vendor, and Jeff is like, a pest control operative. (laughs) Sorry, it happens all the time. The officer, Steady is his name, just looks him up and down like, Okay, but you're dressed like an ice cream man. You got the hat. <laughs> he does have the hat on. Yeah. yeah. He goes, hmm, okay, sorry, pest control operative and a very large man and then looks over at Potter and is like, well, that could be you, couldn't it, sir? <laughs> <laughs> We're seen meeting outside of this house, which is like, is that illegal? Are you allowed to not be outside of a house? Maybe they called an exterminator. I don't know. But he's just like, yeah, that was a, that disturbed the peace enough that somebody called me over here. Yeah. It's very like a small town. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, it really, we I'm know sure. our but they just moved out, so like. But I'm sure the the neighbors are like they moved out, and now these dudes are trying to get in there, yeah, or something. something. Weird's going yeah. on there. 
which I mean, a cab, except Officer Steady, who is a bastard, but like the cool car. Right. In a good way. He's a right bastard. <laughs> but yes. Potter's like, it's my house. I'll do whatever I want. You know, bug off, which is a very rude thing to tell a British person. Yeah. And he's like, I thought this was the lender's house. You know, I like them. They're such a nice family. So he's looking around, making trouble, making himself a nuisance. Yeah. And he, he's like, you know, this is my house. I'll do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And Officer Steady is like, it's not really a good way to talk to an officer of the law now, is it? Yeah. I feel like courtesy is really just the way to get through your day. Yeah. Anyway, have a good one, buddy. Yeah. I'm looking. I got my eyes on you. Good luck with the face. <laughs> he does say that. <laughs> and then we see Pete has arrived on his bike at the old house. Yeah. And he lets Pod and Homily inside to go look for their children. And they see the smashed up floorboards and like, you know, their house, all their furniture is disturbed. Mm-hmm. And of course, Homily's freaking out. But Pod is like, no, no, look, Ariadne drew on this postcard that is a map of the world. Yeah. They're going to the new house. They found a way there. Like, they're okay. Yes. We didn't find their tiny crushed little bodies. Yeah. We still have hope. Everything's going to be fine. They're yeah, they're smart. smart. They're they're on their way. Yeah. Yeah. And Pete, meanwhile, finds Asha's Pea Potter's discarded lighter. Yeah, that has his name engraved on it, of course. Of course it does. So outside, Arietti and Pea Green have landed on the roof of a different building because they, you know, were ziplining through Mm -hmm. the town. Mm -hmm. But Oshis and Jeff are right on their heels. They're like right below them. Yeah, I mean, I know they're using the bloodhound, but it's like they haven't touched the ground. I know. Dogs aren't good at, dogs aren't that good at smelling. No. No, and he's like sniffing along the ground, not the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're walking along the gutter of the building and they notice that they're below them. So they're trying to be careful and sneaky. But then there's a pigeon, mm-hmm. a huge pigeon, which looks very terrifying. Yeah. So Pea Green, who's nervous, starts to back away and then just falls right down the drainage pipe. Yep. Right into a bottle that was just on the ground. Very convenient. I know. And they see this happen. They're about to run over and grab him when Officer Steady shows up again. Yes. Which we do get a POV of P. Green in the bottle and Mr. Smelly licking the bottle trying yeah. to get to him. And it's really funny. It is funny and it would be so terrifying if you were P. You're Green. Probably clock. Very stinky. Oh, yeah, truly. It's Big so old mouth. Blah, blah, blah. Dog, cheesy dog breath. <laughs> <laughs> Officer Steady is like, oh, I was hoping I'd run into you. I swung by and got you a tube of dreamy cream. Because <laughs> he's so worried about this man's face. And honestly, like. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Protect and serve. He's trying to be a nuisance, but in like the nicest way, you know, where he's like, I'm worried about your face, man. Like, it's yeah. Bright. Yeah. And Potter is something. like, did you go to the store and get that just for me? Yeah. Don't you have better things to do? Yeah. Fight like, crime, maybe. Like fight crime. Mm-hmm. Said he's like, I've listen. I found that the best way to do my job is to put out one fire at a time. Yep. That's all you can do. That's the fire I'm putting out right now. Your face. Your face. <laughs> <laughs> Because Potter is trying to shake him because he's just going on and on about, you know, my aunt uses this when she's got burns because blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And Potter's like, listen, I I would love to stand here and listen to you talk all day. Honestly, I really would. But I have to go. Yeah. Because he sees that the milkman is coming and is picking up these milk bottles, which mm-hmm. it, that is why it was on the street. It wasn't just like, but right. it also was conveniently placed that P. Green went right into it when mm-hmm. he fell out of the drain pipe. And so he's coming to get them and they're like, we gotta go. So he's like, okay, I'll let you go. I, he's like, I've so enjoyed talking to you fellows as well, but okay, you can go. Good luck with the face. Good luck with the face. So Ariadne finally gets to the bottom of the spout, but the bottle that P. Green was in was already picked up, put on the truck, and is being carted off. I just wish we had milkmen. <laughs> I know it's not practical, but like, I really wish that that was still a thing. Like Having a milkman? Yeah. Yeah. 
my mom, one of my mom's friends, she, I don't know if she still lives there, but she used to live in Portland and they had a milkman. And I just remember as a kid, like, but yeah. the, it was like cooler, you know, like right. the temperature yeah. was cooler and you don't have to wake up really early because you got to get it immediately. It can't like sit, it's not the paper. Yeah. Sit out there for a while. So I'm like, I'm not waking up early, but I just, I love the idea of just the little crates and little milk bottles. I know. And a little tinkling, like, yeah. And they bump up against each other. And it's, you know, they're reused every time exactly much better for the world yeah sure. it's, and it's i don't know it's just so quaint so ariety gets really sad because pea green is gone and she's tiny i know the world is big and she feels very overwhelmed like she's not with her parents her brother got taken she's just like the fuck do i do yeah but there's no time to cry because there's another borrower <gasps> i know he comes out of the grave he's a tiny little handsome man he is a, a cute little man he reminds me of um like, it's probably the hair, but he looks very like a lost boy from Hook. Yes. Like, like he could be a Rufio or something. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah. He's got a curly red mullet and yeah. he's wearing a bunch of layers. He, yeah, would fit in very well with the lost boys. Um, Yeah. His name is Spud Spiller. That's and she's cute. like, oh, I'm Arietti Clock. And he's like, oh, you're an innie. And she's you're like, a, a what? A house borrower. Okay. I am not a belly button. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, listen, I, I don't have time for your tomfoolery. I don't know. Why are you being rude to me? I, don't, I just met you. I have to go get my brother. And he says, oh, well, they've taken him to the dairy. Come with me. I can help you. Yeah. Follow me. So she does. Pete, meanwhile, <laughs> sees that Osha's Pea Potter and Jeff are chasing after the milk truck on foot with the dog. And he's like, well, go see where they're going. Yeah, I'm sure they're doing something bad. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because they're like <laughs> on foot chasing this milk truck through the town mm-hmm. with the dog. And it's not going very fast. Nope. Going they're just-, just fast enough. They're like doing a light jog. And we're like, hey, <laughs> hey, stop. Hey, hey, guy. <laughs> and just nothing. He's just not. He's, he's in the zone. He's in the milk zone. <laughs> I do not want to be in the milk zone. <laughs> so down in the streets, Spud brings Arietti to the empty water pipes beneath the city. And he has a roller skate with a can of spray paint on it. Yep. And it'll take them right where they need to go. They put on little walnut helmets. She makes a little fun of him. She's like, oh, you know, you're a dude who lives on the streets and you got this rusty roller skate and some spray paint. Yeah. All right, my dude. Whatever. If I'm an itty, are you at? If I'm an innie, are you an Audi? And he's like, yeah. She's like, an Audi with a roller skate. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, away they go. Super fast. Yeah, they do. I'm glad they have little helmets on. Wow, it's terrifying. Everybody kind of converges on the dairy kind of at the same time. Yeah. Pea Green gets there first in the back of the milk truck. Pete is on the way. The crate is unloaded onto a conveyor belt. Arietti and Spud have arrived there as well. And they see Pea Green. And he's been given a bath, at least. Yes. He's been rinsed off. No longer covered in dog poo, thankfully. But he is stuck in a bottle. He is stuck in a bottle. I was kind of hoping that that would come up, like that the dog would not be able to find him now because he's not as stinky. Yeah. But But they they already mention it. Know that he's. You know where he is. Yeah, gone to the. Potter and Jeff have arrived. Pete has also arrived. Everybody's there. Everybody's there. Potter gets in first, and then Je- Pete tries to follow him, but Potter has locked the door. Yeah. And so he tells Pot and Homily, he's like, the door is locked. What do we do? And he's just like, well, hold us up so we can see what's happening. He does say, hold us up to the grate. And I'm like, you don't know that there's a grate, my dude. Yeah. You haven't seen anything. You're in a coffee cane. That's true. Also, very convenient that no one works in this plant. Yeah, it's fully automated. Well, the, the dudes <laughs> unload the trucks, and they fuck off. Yeah, Not there another are person. buttons and levers, though. And there's nobody in there to make sure it's going right. 
or it's, to pull a lever. They, we don't touch the buttons on Friday, okay? <laughs> it's just, it's not, that's a Tuesday job. Yeah. I don't, yeah, no, truly. There's a, there's, this scene is the most like suspension of disbelief and mm-hmm. like, man, it's a good thing that this, whatever. Yes. You just got to go with it. Also, I just had a thought. Didn't he say they had to move out by Saturday? Yeah. Is it Saturday when they move out? I don't know. Yeah, I guess they could have moved out on Friday. But. I just, I just picked Friday as a day. I yeah. have no idea what day it is. But I, I was just thinking, because he goes to a government building later. It would oh, not be yeah. open if it was Saturday. No. Yeah, it's got to be got to be earlier. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So Spud and Arietti, again, they see P. Green. They start running towards him. But they're running out of time because he is heading towards, he's in this clean, washed, dried out bottle heading to be filled with milk. Right. And Spud has a rope mm-hmm. that he throws to him. And he is like, all right, come on. Come on. Grab the rope. And P. Green is like, can I just wait till it stops? Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. He's like, no, you're about to get, the bottle's about to get filled with milk. And he's like, but I hate milk. And exactly. Like, I know. And he's like, oh. It's just, it's this little, like, little kid cluelessness where he's just, like, just focused on what is upsetting to him in the moment. Yeah. He's like, you know? can I just wait? Can I? Uh, I've already had such a hard day. And <laughs> now I just got bathed, probably in very hot water, and I'm all wet. His little yeah. hair is, like, I know. limp and wet. And then she's like, no, there's milk. And he's like, oh, that? I hate milk. This is the worst. And she's like, I really need you to put these things. Look over there, please. Yeah. He says several times throughout the movie, like, can we just go back? Can we just lay down? But right. I'm tired. And can't we just wait for mom and dad to come back to the house and save us? Yeah. And he's like, no, there's not going to be a house. And he's like, oh, I haven't had lunch yet. Right. I love it. So funny. In the little, like, documentary, the lady who played homily was talking about like how much she loved tom and flora who play p green and arietti yeah she's like i love working with children they're so cute they're so fun and she's like and tom especially you know he'll just be like can we go eat now and she's like we're all thinking it but we're professional adults and we can't say it but he's right. 10 and he doesn't care so he's she's like i love it i love that he's just like whatever i'm tired yeah fuck it that's what i always say when i see a kid crying in public i'm like that kid's just saying what we're all thinking exactly we all we're just jealous we're mad at that kid is sour grapes dude we all wish we could just throw a tantrum in the middle (laughs) of this grocery store because i too am overwhelmed and tired and have very little money exactly so pete goes and finds them the things that they need to get in meanwhile jeff and potter are prowling around the bottles Mm. mr smelly has found a whole bucket of cheese yeah. Weirdest looking cheese I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Curds, maybe? I don't know. The cheese in this movie is a real loosey-goosey definition of, of cheese. cheese. Yeah. But he tells the dog, he's like, okay. I mean, it's big. It's like this bucket comes up to like his knees. It's huge. Yeah. It's it's a huge. Yeah. Like, it looks like a giant mixing bowl. Yeah. Like a metal 50 mixing gallon, bowl. Yeah. At least. And he's like, well, don't eat too much. You know what it does to you. Because, you know, dogs are notorious for their discipline. <laughs> Yeah, self-control. Yeah. Exactly. I can't talk about dogs today. <laughs> Mine knocked me over earlier. Probably broken my ankle. It's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You've got two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not like you work on your feet or anything. No need to be selfish about it. So <laughs> Spud and Arietti have almost saved P. Green, but then he falls back down. Yeah. And like, it's, you know, one of those things where like the two conveyor belts are on the same path for a while and then they yeah. go in different directions. They get separated. They can't get to him. And now he's really realizing, 
the ah, direness shit. of his situation. Yeah. He starts running around in circles in this little bottle going, I'm going to be milked. I'm going to be milked. And I'm like, do you think Tom Felton ever regrets that? No. Nah. I think everybody has ever like clowned on him for it. Be like, hey, you want to be milked, Tom Felton? <laughs> Probably not. He's just like, oh, I hate milk. <laughs> so then Pea Green is drowned in the milk. Yeah, he gets milked. He does. He has like a tiny little bit of air at the top of the bottle and he's just kind of floating there trying to breathe and not drown. Mm -hmm. Down at the end of the line of the bottles, Potter is smashing them as they get to him because Arietti and Spud are on top of one. Yeah. So it's like the other belt that they were on, these empty bottles that they're standing on the bottoms of, they're flipped over. Yeah. And he's yeah, he's smashing them, but he can see where they are. I know he's trying to be threatening, I guess. Right, but, but it's he's also just making like, a huge mess. Making a huge mess. Glass flying everywhere, my dude. Ugh. What is your problem? Why are you such an asshole? Um, but so they're freaking out. We're going to get smashed. And then to make things worse, the cap has gone on Pea Green's bottle of milk. Ooh. So now he has about a half inch of air. Yeah. And it's running out fast, I'm sure. Yeah, because he's in there screaming. So right at the last second, Spud and Arietti lasso a lever and are able to swing to safety. And for some reason, this lever is the cheese lever. Yep. It controls cheese. Pull the lever, Kronk! <laughs> cheese lever! <laughs> like, I know they're at the dairy, but it's so... I don't even know how to explain it. It's very uh, Batman in the way there's this huge panel of dials and levers and that switches. That no one is working. That nobody is working. <laughs> and then there's also just like, so he pulls this lever that goes down to open. And then we see a gauge that goes from empty to full. And then when it reaches full, a bunch of liquid Velveeta just comes out of this big spout that is right above where Potter Potter's head. Where Potter is standing, yeah. And he gets covered in cheese and then he slips down a chute. That doesn't go very far. No. That just ends. And he's fine. And he's fine. He's just not where he was standing previously. And now he's covered in cheese. Yeah. Why any of this? Don't know. I have no idea. Honestly, yeah, it it does very much remind me of the Batman scene where it's just like unexplained levers, giant mm -hmm. vats of things, you mm -hmm. know, none of this makes sense except instead of like toxic goo, it's cheese and milk. Yeah. <laughs> yup. But so, I mean, Pea Green is still in trouble. They're not out of the woods yet. But Homily and Pod have made it in. They've made like a... Like a giant thing. Like a harpoon gun. Yeah. And they shoot a harpoon at Pea Green. They don't even... They spare us like the fake tension of like missing once. They just... They nail it in one. Whatever. Yeah. It punches through the lid. Pod zip lines over. So if we do make a museum where everything is big and you crawl around, there's got to be some sort of zip line. Like, oh, yeah. Zip line from feature. the ceiling to a bottle of milk. Yeah, on a clothesline, you're holding on to a little clothespin, <laughs> something like that. It's got to be in there. Sure, sure, sure. Somebody with a lot of money, get at us. We have great ideas. But he makes it. He smashes the bottle. Pea Green goes flopping out. Pod runs over to him. He's Pea fine. Green's like, he's alive. I fucking hate milk. Yeah, he hates it. His mom gets over to him really fast somehow also. And she's like hugging on him and making sure that he's okay and all in one piece and not hurt. And he just keeps being like, okay, mom. Okay. Okay, mom. Okay, mom. It's I so it. cute. I know. And then Arietti and Spud come down. They're also very excited. Yes, Pea Green, you're alive. You didn't drown in the milk. We've saved you. Hooray. And then Pod and Spud do a secret handshake. Mm-hmm. And Spud says, you didn't tell me that your dad was an Audi. Right? And everyone's like, <gasps> oh, uh, we didn't know. I mean, homily. <laughs> Reality TV show intrigue noise plays. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wait, that's just Drag Race. <laughs> but then the reunion is broken up because here's Potter. He's burnt. He's been shocked. He's covered in cheese. And he is mad as all hell. So he reaches down. He grabs the deed from Ariadne because yeah. he's like, you fucks have stolen from me for the last time. And they're like, we don't steal. And he's like, well, I'm borrowing this. Takes the deed and then sweeps them up. Yeah, with just like a little hand broom. Yeah. Yeah. And then he tapes them down on the platform right below where the cheese comes out of the ceiling for some reason. Yeah. The the, the ceiling cheese. <laughs> oh, that? I don't know. That's just my ceiling cheese. <laughs> so also, Mr. Smelly, not doing a lot of helping anymore because no. he ate all of the cheese. Yep. I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just laying over there wrecked you would think that well you know actually you know what i was gonna say you would think that this dog would learn cheese is bad for him but how many lactose intolerant people do we know that are just like i'm not supposed to eat this but i'm gonna eat it also what the fuck was jeff doing he wasn't in the room with all the mayhem going on and he wasn't watching while his dog ate all of this cheese nope he just he went to the bathroom (laughs) he's just hanging out i'm not sure he's like this is a weird weird uh weird day he had to call his aunt be like they're real the fuck the borrowers yeah i saw him he was busy also uh, pete's just somewhere yep again he well he's still outside because the door's locked right i know but he's just like hanging out yeah I, yeah they just don't show him whistling what he's doing <laughs> so potter goes over again to this bank of levers and starts pulling on him like he knows what he's doing i mean they're labeled but they also just say cheese <laughs> so <laughs> Who knows? Just pull the cheese lever, man. But then Spud starts yelling at him. He's like, hey, ugly. Hey, you big fat, fatty, ugly man. You know, like. I'm <laughs> Just trying to get his attention. Right. I bet you couldn't get a girlfriend. Right. Yeah. Potter's like, you talking to me? He's like, yeah. Yeah, you. Get and a so, girlfriend, you nerd. Right. So Potter grabs Spud and puts him in a yeah. thing. He's like. A cheesy death is too good for you. And it yeah. looks like he puts him in a grinder. Yeah, it looks real nasty. Yeah. It's just like a... It looks almost like a fire hydrant with the t- top missing. Yeah. But, but he puts him in there and... Closes it up. Pulls the lever and it makes like shaking. a grinding noise. Yeah. There's no explanation. He's just like, you're going in here. Ugh, I don't know. It looks real nasty though. It's really kind of dark because he carries him around and is like, oh, well, how can I kill you? What yeah. is the best way to kill you? It's right. kind of ew, icky. Yeah. And then he goes back, pulls all the cheese levers, and he says, you know, of course, classic bad guy. I'd love to stay and watch, but I have a date with a demolition. Mm. Later, Toads, he leaves. As he's leaving, he runs into Pete. Pete is like, what did you do with my friends? And he's like, they're d- covered in cheese, man. Why don't you get some friends your own size? Not covered in cheese. <laughs> like, you're covered in cheese, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, I speak from experience. Not a good time. <laughs> He drives off and runs over Pete's bike. Yeah, what a Pete dick. runs in to help them and jumps, grabs the cheese nozzle, swings it across just in time, gets out of the way of the cheese. Everybody's fine. Yeah, it is very convenient that he looks into this room of chaos and mayhem and understands exactly what he needs to do. Yep. But it's fine. And they're fine. And that's great. Yep. So Arietti tells Pete, Potter has the will. He's going to City Hall and we'll meet you there. Which is like... Y'all are going to the same place. Yeah, just go with him. You could go together, but... Go in his pocket. It's fine. I also... It bothered me that she wasn't like, check and see if Spud is okay. Yeah. Well, she, they're like, he's dead. Whatever. I guess. Who knows? But like... 
yeah, they, he, don't, they don't know. They didn't see what he did. That's true. They didn't look for him at all. Like, hey, can you look around for our friend or whatever? Like, yeah. there's just no. They're like, okay, you go to City Hall. We'll meet you at City Hall. But we'll meet you there. You go your own way. I don't know. I don't either. But doesn't we make any sense. We do see that we, the audience, see that Spud was able to climb out of the machine because there's a little rope hanging down and some tiny footprints. Yeah. So again, whatever he was in was black, greasy. I don't know. Nasty. But Pete's bike was smashed, of mm-hmm. course. He runs outside. He's like, I got to get to City Hall, but he doesn't have a way to get there now. But the exterminator pulls up and honks and is like, I'll give you a ride. Yep. I filled your house with toxic foam, but I've had a change of heart. Get in this car full of dog farts. <laughs> I'll take you to where you need to go. Do not roll that window up. Leave it down. <laughs> I know it's raining. I know. I know. But trust me. You're going to want to leave it down. <laughs> You're going to want to leave it down. <laughs> so Potter has arrived at City Hall and is super rude to the secretary. Yeah. He's like, where's the demolition room? Mm-hmm. And she's like, what's the magic word? Mm -hmm. And he says, I don't have time. Yeah. It's much easier to just say please. Oh, please. You could have just said it right then. And he's like, she's just like, I'm waiting. And he's like, so am I, toots. And she's like, okay, you're going to go this, you know, go up the stairs. There's a door on your right. He's like, thank you. And she's like, go through that door. Go up four more flights of stairs. She just goes through this whole big long spiel. And he's like, oh, shit. And then he says, is there a faster way to get there? Yeah. And she says, yeah, walk fast. Mm Mm-hmm. She sounds like if Vincent Price was a lady. Oh, yeah. The way that she talks. That's a good point. I can't imitate it now, but just that, I just expect her to be like, (laughs) like, walk quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so, I don't know. I really like her. She's cute. Yeah, I do too. We see real quick, you know, the clocks are riding on the Spiller Expressway, his old roller skate. Right, yeah. That's how, which we, you know, we know. She's like, no, we'll meet you there. And her family's like, what? How are we going to? We all know, but like unnecessary it is and none of them are wearing helmets yep at least it's not the boat from really wonka though true so we're back at city hall jeff and pete have arrived and they run up and of course pete says excuse me ma'am can you please tell me how to get to demolition and she says of course get in the elevator go right to the top it's right it's right there you can't miss it oh what a nice boy yeah it just goes to show what being polite just be fucking nice yeah it's like officer steady said earlier a little courtesy goes a long way yep so Potter's making pretty good time. He is lost, we can tell. He's like, oh, stairs this way, the third door, fourth door, whatever. Yeah, he's like looking at all the doors. He's sweating. He's breathing hard. Yeah. Still covered in cheese, but he's finally made it. He sees construction over here. Oh, so, okay, so right here. Yep, there's demolition. He goes to open it, but whoop, Jeff and Pete have arrived. Yeah. And they stop him. And he's like, what are you doing here? And they say, we're starting to stop you from doing a very bad thing. And he's like, great, cool. How are you going to do that? And they're like, we didn't think about that. <laughs> this was as far as our plan got us. So he just, I think he grabs Jeff by his collar or maybe his neck. Uh, he just like pushes them back into the elevator. Yeah. And the door closes. He you know waves goodbye at them and then it's like, all right, going back into this demolition room. Uh-huh. But in the elevator, Jeff shows Pete the screwdriver that was in his pocket. Not a euphemism. Like no. for real, he had a screwdriver. Yeah. Thank God this movie did not take a weird turn. <laughs> and we see... Potter walk into the door that says demolition and as it shuts the sign swings down and it actually says supply room right so Pete and Jeff did get there much sooner than him because they had time to concoct this whole plan exactly and then he's locked in there yep door's locked sorry bud so he's like walking through slowly and says who's in here yeah which I was like why is he wondering that but then he goes to turn around and he falls down 
Yep. Because his shoelaces are tied together. Yep. The borrowers are there. The clocks. Yeah, the clocks are there. Yeah. And they shoot a thing at his butt. Yep. While he's bent over trying to untie his shoes. Mm-hmm. And then he stands up to be like, whoa, you know, what was that? And they spray bug spray right in his eyeballs, mm-hmm. which, damn, dude. Right. And then while he's holding his hands up to his face to be like, oh, God, not again. My <laughs> freshly <laughs> peeled off skin exposed to this bug I didn't spray. even put the dreamy cream on I it yet. I didn't have time. <laughs> Pod and Arietti drop from the ceiling and they have rolls of electrical tape around their waist and they're like spinning around yeah him taping his face to his hands yep other way around taping his hands to his face there we go stop that reverse it (laughs) (laughs) and then they kind of taunt him a little bit pod pulls the wheel out of his pocket and he's like this is what you get from messing with pod clock yeah we got it hooray yeah but um the tape does not hold no it's and i don't know why he just like Pops it off his face. Yeah. Stretches. Yeah. And he grabs all four of them and fortunately sets them gently on the ground instead of just crushing them in his big hands, which he very easily could have done. I know. He sets them down and just puts like a wire like trash bin over them. Right. Which this again, I was like, okay, Arietti and Spud lifted that metal grate into the dairy by themselves. But the four of them can't get this trash can off. Also, Pod opened the freezer door with one hand earlier yeah so i was like yeah. they could just it's a pick little it up. inconsistent yes or he could have said it set something else on top of exactly. it to make it heavier yeah but he just is like boop and they're like oh no <laughs> oh, i'm in a cage yeah but he's looking for something to murder them with mm-hmm. he's going through all of the shelves like what's the worst death yeah such a dick i know you could just leave them in there right but he finds a borrower's worst nightmare <gasps> The vacuum. No, <laughs> not the vacuum. <laughs> he tried. This part is weird. No, he tries to suck them up. Yeah, but they don't like. I was expecting like them to get lifted off the floor, like their little feet to hang, but right. they kind of just like bend a little. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh no! And he's like, he lifts the trash can on one side and sticks the thing underneath it, and it's just like this is weird. It was way anticlimactic. Yeah, like, it really was not scary enough. But whatever. But, but then the vacuum cleaner loses power. What? I know. And then he looks up and he's looking around and then we see the fan, the ceiling fan above him also stops. Huh. What could be happening? So weird. And then suddenly there's borrowers all over the place. Yeah. There's they like, descend from the ceiling fan. They like, look like a little SWAT team. They do because they're all like covered from head to toe too. Yeah. They hammer some loops into the ground. They tie some lines around them and then they turn the fan back on and it spins Potter all up like he's in a little spider web. Yes. It's very Gulliver's Travels. Yeah, it is. Except he's standing instead of laying down. Yep. So now these new borrowers that have shown up go and rescue the clocks and we find out that it's Spud Mm -hmm. and Pod's old friends, Minty and Swag and Dust Bunny. Yep. And they looked really cool when they were covered from head to toe, but now they're red yeah. hair and big teeth huge and teeth and they're all just like huh? pasty white ha! skin <laughs> a bunch of doors so i guess um did spud overhear the plan to go to city hall and like how did he know they were gonna be in the supply closet uh you know borrower t- telepathy borrower magic i know and just like they put all of this together somehow yeah, I mean, it's possible that in the time they were driving around, Arietti explained to Spud that they had to get the will from this man. Like, here's why we're chasing this guy down. Sure. 
But yeah, the whole city hall thing. This was all very like, like Jeff and Pete just switched out the door plates last minute. Yeah. So how do they know to go in this room? That's a very good question. Yeah. I did not think about. There's a little bit of a hole there. A little bit. But anyway. Tiny little, tiny little hole. But so Spud is like, hey, don't move. It'll be easier, you know, if you just yeah, chill just, out. Just the Potter's like, I'm not afraid of you. There's like 20 of you. You're so small. I could crush you. And he does try to step on them. But he's like, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. trapped. Can't move his foot. Yeah. But Spud's like, did I say 20? No. And he whistles. And then there are hundreds of borrowers just coming out of, at first they're thousands creeping out slowly. Oh, yeah. well, oh, there's a guy over there. Oh, look, there's a couple of them over there. And then, yeah, there's an entire, the, the floor is covered. Yeah. And they're all staring up at him. And, and they're like so on the shelves from the ceiling, from the crown. Yeah. Cute. It is really cute. They all have that like big frizzy crimpy hair. Yeah. And they're big teeth. Mostly red. Yeah. The big teeth with the gap in between. And they're, they're all so excited. Unique little outfits and little tools and weapons. Yes. And yeah. The way that they dress. And like Arietti especially, but all the clocks are so excited because they don't see other borrowers a yeah. lot. And so it's just really exciting for them to see all these other people like them. I know. I'm sure Arietti was like, are we the last borrowers? Like. I'm a teenager. I want to, like, have a partner when I grow up. I want to have kids. Like Friends. Yeah. Are there going to be... Is there anybody else? Just have to talk to my brother for the rest of my life? We're just going to get old and die in this house alone? Horrifying. I know. Where are your parents? (laughs) You know? Like, do you have siblings? Yeah. Where is anybody else? So, some... Somewhere, this platform made of pencils shows up, and they're like, all right, Pod, you got the floor... Mm-hmm. for whatever reason represents all the borrowers yeah but they hoist him up so he's right in front of potter's face and he says you know we're not vermin we're not freaks and we're not pests we're borrowers borrowers are quiet cautious inconspicuous alert brave and very good at climbing very very good at climbing so consider yourself seen bean we may be <laughs> small but heaven help anyone who thinks he can squish us and this little speech takes eight minutes because jim brought that Choose on every word. Yeah, it's true. And then we hear the door unlock and we look and it's Pete and Officer Steady. And we look back. Every borrower is gone. The lines that have tied up Osha's Pea Potter are gone. He's yep. just standing in the middle of this room like a weirdo. Pete runs up and grabs the will from him and shows it to Officer Steady. He's like, see, I told you he had it. This is the will that proves that it's our house. And he was fucking with it. And Officer Steady says, anything to say for yourself? And he just says, I've been seen. He's just like starts talking about borrowers. Yeah, tiny, very brave, very good at climbing. Very good at climbing. And he gets arrested. Yep. And now the lenders are back in their home, and we see Pete giving some peas to the borrowers, to the clocks, and their friends to make <laughs> pea soup. Pea soup. <laughs> <laughs> and Pea Green asks why he gave up on being an Audi. Yeah, and he's just like, why? Well, well, I found out very early on it was a great idea to just do whatever your mom says. And she's like, <laughs> oh, pod. That's a weird explanation, but. Well, you know, because he was an Audi and then he met Homily and she was like, yeah, I live in that house. We're going to go live in that house. And he's like, okay, I'm an innie now. I wonder what his last name used to be. He must have changed it. It wasn't uh, pod or it wasn't clock before. Yeah, he must have changed it. He was it an Audi. Hmm. Interesting. Curious. Anyway, so then Spud and Arietti get up from the dinner table and start to wander away and they're like where are you guys going mm-hmm. like oh we're just gonna go for a walk in the garden mm-hmm. might see a giant <laughs> see some little american children <laughs> trying to get back into their house but uh no they actually go and ride the spiller express yep how 
do they stop it? Just run out of paint? He says, where do you want to go? And she's like, I don't care. I just want to go as fast as possible. And it's like, well, this thing has one speed. Yeah. And also, yeah, what do you do when you come upon a bend in the pipe? Does it just go straight? And then there's offshoots for like walking? I don't know. Or how do you stop it? I guess they don't. Bye. I guess they don't. Forever. <laughs> so you stop when you crash. Anyway. And then as the credits roll, Potter is sitting there telling Officer Steady about the borrowers. And they're all laughing at him. And he's he laughing booked. too. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> I've lost it. Whatever. I don't care anymore. Yeah. It's like, I'm I'm done. It's yep. fine. Yep, yep, yep. I live here now at the jail. Yep. And then there's a Hanson song. Like yep. I said, isn't it weird? Isn't it strange? There are little people <laughs> hanging from the range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The end. The end. What do you think? Replay? Rewind? Um, I would watch it again. I would too. Yeah, I liked it. It was fun. I have another question though. Oh, yeah? So he tried to destroy the will. Yeah. But then he needed it. What did he need it for? To file the demolition, I guess. To prove that he owned it so that he could demolish it. But if he showed it to anybody, they would see that it said that it was being left to the lenders. Then how come every time he got it back, he didn't just destroy it? He just put it in his pocket. Like he took it to City Hall with him. Maybe just because he was like, if I have it in my pocket, I know nobody else can. I don't know. It just felt very weird that he was like, I need that. Yeah. Because it it switched from I need to destroy that to I need to keep it on me. Yeah. I don't know. It was just strange. It is. But yeah, it wouldn't be proof that he could demolish the house. It would be proof, in fact, that he could not. So I I think it just became like, I can't let it fall into their hands. So I just Mm -hmm. need to make sure that I have it. He should have destroyed it right away. But then he could have just ripped it up. All hope would be lost. Well, maybe it's on not rippable paper. I mean, they do yank it through that vent and it is unscathed. So that's true. Maybe it's printed on something like money. Or it's a little bit harder. Non-rippable paper. <laughs> to rip. Uh, did it make you cry? Nay. No, we need it. Um, so it came out. <laughs> hmm? Depends on who you ask. Yeah, December 97. Wikipedia 97? says December 5th, 1997. If you just Google it, it says February something, 1998. 98, yeah. And I watched it on Amazon and it said the borrowers, brackets, 1998. Hmm. I, I really don't know. It's question marks. Yep. Which is just. It's like, okay, listen, there was a time when this movie existed. Yeah. And then there was a time before that mm-hmm. when and this somebody must have a record of it. Right. It didn't. It's not like it came out in 1930. Right. But even then, we know the day Snow White came out. Right. Year. So, like, why can't we know this? It's 1997. Yeah. Wasn't that long ago. And, like, Wikipedia will do a thing where it's like, oh, it got released in the UK on this date. It got right. Re- it doesn't say that. It just says release date December 5th, 1997. Weird. So I don't understand the discrepancy. But whatever. So we went with December for our purposes. Sure. We did. If we're wrong, let us know. But Uh, come with change it. Come with receipts. I want proof. (laughs) If you worked on this movie, hi. (laughs) And also I want the receipts. Yeah. It had a budget of twenty nine million dollars. It made fifty four million. It has a seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is pretty Yeah, that's fair. Pretty accurate. Yeah. So that's fine. Roger Ebert also said three stars, seventy five percent. Okay. Yeah. So the same thing. He said, The Borrowers is a charming, whimsical family adventure about little people who live in the walls under the floors of big people's houses and support themselves by stealing, excuse me, borrowing the necessities of life. Their needs are small. One pea is enough to make a cup of pea soup. They're the ones to blame for all those items that go missing. Buttons, cufflinks, salt shakers. 
And then he wraps it up by saying, the film is wisely modest in its scope. It sets up the situation, involves us, has fun with the special effects and the cliffhanging adventures, and is over in 83 minutes. If the action and the physical humor are designed to appeal to kids, the look of the film will impress adults who know what to look for. Yeah, that's I fair. I agree with all of that. Weird. I Knocked never, it out of the park. Never agree with this man. I know. Not 100%, but it's usually here I am. Not paying attention. But no, he really seemed to get it. He liked the way that it looked, which I agree. It's just cool to look at. Yeah, it is. It's fun. So some little web weaving things. Like mm-hmm. I said, Bradley Pierce was in Jumanji. And of course, John Goodman was in the Flintstones. And also Alex Winter is credited as being in this movie. He is in this movie for about 10 seconds. What? So when Pete is in his room watching TV. Yeah. And he's flipping back and forth between a sitcom and a gangster movie. Yeah. Alex Winter is the gangster. He has like a scarf up to his eyeballs and then he has on a hat and he has a big scar. I had to go back and watch it like three times. I was like, oh, that is his little face. But he's like, get back or I'll shoot. That's so weird. I know. I don't know why he's in it. And it doesn't credit anybody else who's like in the TV shows. Because I was like, is that Uncle Jesse? But I don't know. Oh, he's the only one. Yeah. That got named. At least on IMDb. Weird. That's just little Alex Winter. I don't know who he knew. But I did, in researching this movie, found out that Alex Winter was born in London. That is weird. Because John Goodman and Bradley Pierce are the only two actors in this movie who are natural-born American citizens. Yeah. The lady who played the secretary at City Hall was born in America, but her parents are Austrian, and everybody else in this movie is British. Weird. Including Alex Winter. His dad was British, and his mom was American, and he was born in London. Which I'm like, does he have a little accent? I want to hear it. I bet he can do it really well, at least. Yeah. But he's always just like, Ugh. I mean, he at least lived there as an adolescent to yeah. be in this movie. Yeah. Weird. I know. So anyway, well, I mean, this is after Bill and Ted. This is after Lost Boys. Lost Boys so yeah. he's like a full adult. Adult? Yeah. He's yeah. just was like, I mean, he must have known somebody in production that was like, oh, little Alex Winter, I love him. Like, let's throw him in here or something. I don't know. Hey, Alex, you want 15 books? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so very strange but Put anyway hat. his cute little face is in there that's cute so like i said i watched that little documentary just to get a little more there's not a lot of information about this movie the only other piece of trivia that i found interesting was that both steven spielberg and robert zemeckis who did who framed roger rabbit were oh, yeah. approached to direct this movie yeah, and yeah, they yeah. both said no because they thought it was too gross yeah. They were worried that the gross out factor was going to be too high. And I don't think this movie is gross at all. Not compared to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. What the yeah. fuck? That movie is gross. Right? And that movie had been out for 10 years at this point. So it wasn't even like, oh, I'm trying to get away from that. I don't know. Very yeah. strange. That is weird. This movie is not gross. No. Unless you hate cheese. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Or dog I mean, parts. there's poop. But there's it's not one like. poop. Yeah. It's not a constant <laughs> like. Poop. Spiel- <laughs> Spielberg was working on The Lost World too like oh. Jurassic Park so he's yeah. like I'm busy and like I don't sure. want to but like to cite the gross out factor as being too high is just like you are easily grossed out my dude yeah there's a huge pile of shit in Jurassic Park Steven Spielberg that somebody shows their arm into it's as tall as Ian Malcolm right anyway thought that was strange that is so, weird unless the original script was worse yeah but the, I, I but where know. and how yeah don't know hmm. but I think the guy who did direct it did a really good job yeah he did great so, yeah, like I said, I found this little 20-minute documentary on YouTube called The Making of the Borrowers just mm-hmm. to get a little bit more information about it. And the guy who directed it is really cute because he's saying, like, what I wanted was, which I do agree with, although, like we said, I wish they'd sat a little bit more in the props and in the set design. 
he's like, I wanted you to kind of get past this initial like shock of like, oh, these little people exist and just focus on them as characters. You yeah, know? Like, for sure. You want them to succeed and you care about them, not because they're tiny, but because they're interesting people. Yeah. Which I agree with. And yeah. I thought it was really cute. That he was like, yeah. oh, I like them and I want to tell their story. So that was adorable. Yeah. Um, Flora, the girl who played Arietti, had no acting experience like professionally and working title productions who is who made this movie came to her school oh and they were like yeah we're looking we're just auditioning you huh. know and she asked her drama teacher if she thought that she had a shot and her drama teacher was like no <laughs> not because of who you are you know she was like you're good but like you have no experience they probably want a little american child like go for it but don't get your hopes up basically which is like why would they be at our school if they want a little right, american exactly. child that's a silly thing to say maybe she was just trying to protect a student that she cared about but Flora was like, so I went into it, you know, like, not with, not with a lot of hope, but whatever, I'm going to have fun. And she's like, and then I went to the first audition, and then I went to the second audition, Aww. and the guy directing it was like, yeah, no, as soon as I saw both her and Tom Felton, I was like, that's them. Those are, these kids have Cute. exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And he also said that he could not get Tom Felton to stop laughing through his whole audition. He was just like, bro, <laughs> you got to tighten it up a little bit. Yeah. And he was just like, this is so silly, and I'm having fun. Oh, that's sweet. No, it was just really cute. It also talks about he's like Tom Felton, you know, the little voiceover is like, mm. you know, is ten years old and has a chinchilla named Stanley and oh, has no. never acted in anything before. And oh, it was his first movie too. Yeah, that's cute. It was absolutely precious. And then they show a little bit of like the making of these just massive sets on a soundstage, yeah. and it really is just you know they're carting they in this built eight it. foot tall radio yeah. like, face and. They've got a giant toaster that they're standing That's next so cool. to, and it is very cool. It's cool what to happened see them to all. it all. Oh, I don't know. It's a very good question. We could use it for our city museum borrowers <laughs> yes. edition. It's like, does that still exist? They show a guy. He's just holding a cork, like a real live, you know, like yeah. one cork, and then he's molding a big one out of like this oh, cute. foam. He's just yeah. looking at it like, here's my model. And the lady who designed the sets was explaining. She's like, yeah, we just looked around and found stuff that they would you would have in your house and then we made made big a big versions of it that's we, so you know, fun made sure that everything was to scale to scale yeah. and yeah stayed consistent with the size we just made big stuff oh what a fun job i know i want that job yeah this whole thing is just so cute because then like they're, they're talking about like the screening and they're like tom and flora got to bring 50 friends from school Aww. To the first screening of the movie, you know, they were like, this is the ultimate test to see if these kids liked it. So we were just like, hey, invite your friends. Yeah. Probably made them the most popular ever. Right. I'd be like, I don't like 50 of these people. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Line up quick. Whoever gets here first, you get to come with me. <laughs> Tom Felton was like, they interview him and he's like, yeah, I, I kind of want to be somewhere in between like half Macaulay Culkin and half like Pierce Brosnan doing like action stuff. That's cute. Which is the perfect like 10 year old response. And then Flora was like, my mom doesn't really want me to act anymore. She wants me to like finish school and get my degree and things. So I'll probably, you know, go back. I would like to do more acting, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Does she end up acting more? She doesn't. There's not even a picture of her on her IMDb. So Aww. I truly think this was like the only thing that she was in. Damn. She did a great job. I know. Maybe she was like, oh. Who's, yeah. Who knows? You know She what did happens. what the kid from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory did. Yep. It was like, well, I'll just go back to school and then see what happens. And then it's like, oh, everybody forgot about me. <laughs> yeah. And also like, eh, it wasn't that fun. Yeah. It was more fun when I was a child and I got yeah. to like, climb around on. Now they want me to be a sexy lady. Ew, no. <laughs> Aggressive. Hugh Laurie also said 
he was really excited for his character in this because he wanted to be the guy that all the children were like, hooray, he's here at the end because it never happens to him in real life. Oh, <laughs> which is such like a funny thing to say. <laughs> like kids are never stoked to see me. So. <laughs> oh no, that's so sweet though. I know. He was, he seemed like he was having a really good time too. They it's just, probably because he's like, I mean, he's a comedian for adults. It's true. Yeah. 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 It wasn't like a sad thing. He yeah. was just like, yeah, I wanted, I was excited for the kids to be. Wait, what year did 101 Dalmatians come out? 96. The live action. So that had already come out. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. Oh yeah. Like, maybe so. He was when like kids the see bad me, guy. they're scared of me. Yeah. Yeah. Which that guy who plays the exterminator is, he's the other bad guy. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. In 101 Dalmatians. And he's in Harry Potter too. So that's our yeah. third. He looked very familiar as well. Yep. Yeah, so he's in both of those. Cute. Yeah. And so then the last thing is just a little note about the source material, which is a series of children's books by a woman named Mary Norton called The Borrowers is the first one. And then the other ones are The Borrowers Afield, The Borrowers Afloat, The Borrowers Aloft, and The Borrowers Avenged, which sounds very serious. Yeah. The first one came out in 1952, and the last one came out in 1982. Oh, wow. And they follow the Clock family, which is just Pod, Homily, and their daughter, Arietti. Yeah. And P. Green is actually from another family. His name is P. Green Overmantle, and he's hmm. just like a kid that belongs to another family. But there's a lot of like other, they're just, just these little adventures that they have living in this house. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that so many of our movies... The source material is like a British lady. Yeah. Who wrote stories. That's like true. 101 Dalmatians, Mary Poppins. Madame Doubtfire? Uh, I, I think Madame Doubtfire. Um, you know, Frances Burnett Hodgson, who wrote A Little Princess and yeah. Secret Garden. Yeah. And like this one. It's just like British ladies writing children's stories. Oh, that's cute. They get like snapped up and not even like, it's not even all Disney being like, you know. Yeah, because this, this is. is not Disney. Not Disney. I have no idea. Like No, I remember watching it and thinking, oh, this is a this movie. Is it Universal? It's Universal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, this is a Universal movie. Yep. So I don't know. Just how just interesting. Sweet little British ladies writing stories for all of us to grow up on. Well, thanks, little British ladies. Yeah. I assume she's sweet. I don't know. She it might be <laughs> a Madame Doubtfire situation. Ooh. Or a Mary Poppins situation where that That's lady wasn't true. very nice either. She was like kinda nasty, but Hopefully this lady's nice. I don't know. I'm afraid to read them. Yeah, after Madame Doubtfire. Yeah, which I got to keep going. We'll see how that one ends, but it's rough. If you're not, (laughs) not to do this a little bit out of order, but if you're not over on the Patreon, you could go over and listen to me reading Madame Doubtfire and just um, how different it is. Yeah, it's dark. Yep. It's weird. Yeah. But you do a great job. Thank you. That's what's important. Enjoy it. So hopefully you also enjoyed this episode. It was fine. Come talk to us about it. <laughs> Tell us if you've ever had somebody living in your walls. I don't uh, know. Please don't. <laughs> I don't want to know. I do. I do want to. If somebody has a personal experience. You can message me, Wedge, but I don't want to know. Message me personally and I will. I'll I'll soften it up and read it to Bucket Snake. <laughs> I'll bring lots of cute little emoji stuff. Kitten living in the wall. <laughs> sounds so scary. Actually. <laughs> No, come talk to us about whatever you want over on Instagram, Replay Rewind Podcast, or you can email us at replayrewindpodcast at gmail.com. And like I said, you can go check out our Patreon and get bonus episodes. There's all kind of goofy stuff over there. There's remixes of movies that we've covered before. 
There's, like I said, me reading some books. There are movies that are made for adults. This month we're doing Demolition Man, which I'm very excited about. We sure, fo- we sure for. We <laughs> sure are. <laughs> so that one's going to be fun to talk about. It's just lots of cool stuff. Go check it out. It's, yeah. It's cheap. And if you want to listen to our other free episodes, you can check those out on Spotify or Amazon or Apple or iHeartRadio or anything else. Media? iHeartMedia. iHeartRadio. I, I think it's radio. Sound. iHeartPodcasts. I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, Does anybody heart the radio under 48? <laughs> I took a survey today and it was like, choose your age. And it's always an age range. Mm-hmm. And it was like 35 to 49. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't want to be in that group. It was like, yeah, 21 to 34 or mm-hmm. 35 to 49. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. This is where we are now. But also, if you want to buy some physical merch, buy an individual episode, you can check out our coffee page, ko-fi slash replay rewind podcast. There's cute stuff over there. Mewage is very good at designing cute little things that you can buy with your money. And you know what helps us out? Money. That's true. Also, your verbal support. Just share with your friends, like, subscribe, rate, review, etc. All the podcast things. It just helps us get up there so other people look at it, listen to us. You know how it goes. I think that's about it. That's all I got. In the meantime, stay fresh, cheese bags. And don't forget to reduce, reuse, recycle, replay, rewind, and return the things that you borrow. Or it's not borrowing, of course, just stealing. <laughs>